everyone to another ancillary game of the year podcast from Circleback Gaming for 2022. I'm Dan Lamarca. As always, I'm joined by Dan Dufernoy. Dan, I'm so excited. Me too, buddy. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you as always. And also joined by Shelby White. What's going on? I'm making a, a point. I think we should change this podcast to Dan Dan Revolution. Dan Dan Revolution. <laughs> Dan Dan Revolution. Well, Shelby. I'll be what Revolution. <laughs> Shelby is a revolution. His middle name's not Vernon. It's Revolution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, boys. We are doing our, I guess, technically not last one as of this recording because we didn't do soundtrack yet. But this is our third ancillary podcast. Um, our little superlatives, as we like to call them. Uh, today we will be talking about the best storytelling, best game feel, best new character, best moment slash moments of 2022. Those are our four categories for the day. They're pretty juicy ones, so we're going to jump right in. Before we do, I just wanted to mention that as always, we like to do one winner and two runners up, so we're mm-hmm. trying to get a one and then a second and third runner up. So we're going to be chunking these down uh, as we go. So let's start off. Our first category here is best storytelling. Uh, our nominees, Dan, would you like to read our nominees I would for be best storytelling? Honored. The best storytelling for the year 2022 is Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, Norco, The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, Citizen Sleeper, Hindsight, Immortality, Strange Horticulture, The Excavation of Hobbes Barrow, God of War Ragnarok, Pentiment, and Marvel's Midnight Suns. So let's say list. Midnight Cruiser. Midnight Suns. Marvel's Midnight Suns. <laughs> that would Suns. be a very different game. Marvel's Midnight Cruiser? Yeah. That would be, that would be fun. I'm not saying it wouldn't be fun, but it would be different. Anyway. I realize how such an oxymoron. Midnight, Midnight Suns? Suns. <laughs> Midnight Suns. That's the beauty of it. That's it. I just like that Johnny yeah, Blaze is light the in light in the dark. Yeah, Ooh, I like it. Shining light in the darkness. Um, all right, it's not so, the game anybody asked for, <laughs> but it's the game we need right now. <laughs> this list has some incredible games on it. Um, we kind of write down a bunch of games throughout the year, and then right before we do this podcast, we kind of narrow it down, and these are the ones that we left on here. Um, so... I think the best way, usually, as we like to do, we kind of go around and see which ones we think should be cut. Um, I'm just going to go right off the bat here, personally. A little game called Hindsight. I know I'm the only one that played it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a really nice surprise for me. I thought it was a really cool story. uh, Just about... it's, it's, It's about memories of family and how our memories change as we get older because our perspective changes. I thought it was a really touching game, really well-written. Um, I really enjoyed everything about the storytelling aspect of it. So I think it belongs in this list, but I do not think it's going to be a top three. So since I'm the one that played it, I'm just going to wow, Dan. take it out. In hindsight, Dan, I wish I'd have gotten to it. That's so brave of you. <laughs> that is brave. I know. Thank you. I'd like some respect for my bravery. <laughs> um, so I'm taking that one off right away. Uh, do either of you guys see one on here that uh, doesn't match the others? Yeah, I don't get why Penniman's on this list. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm just, knock it off. I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, to, to, to kick off, 
Hmm. I already kicked it off. I made it easy for you. You did make it. Well, you did make it easy. So here's one. How about this? I don't think Elden Ring's gonna be top three. Oh Dan, I was gonna say I'm you so took happy my pick. You're doing that. <laughs> yeah, that was my pick. <laughs> well, is Elden Ring. I'm sorry, Dan. You you picked it. So no, you no go ahead. Elden Ring and, and the From Software games have this beautiful way of like environmental storytelling, and this has been, I feel like next to Sekiro. I mean, there was like a direct, directish. I'm gonna put a little. <laughs> hyphen in there, directish storyline to it. There was a lot of side characters with specific quest lines, and it all kind of tied into one overarching thing, which I just adored and loved. But still, I have the sneaking suspicion you can go through the entire Elden Ring game and not know exactly what's happening. Oh, you think so, huh? <laughs> Shelby raises hand. Not that a narrative has to be like in your face, A to B. I. But there is an obtuseness I, to it I, that kind of detracts I really from think us. The lore, there's so much lore and so much story in there. It's just how much of it do you want to know in a game like that? Which know? I like, kind of appreciate that it leaves it up yeah. to you. Like that is kind Absolutely. of cool. It's yeah. not Always. like, hey, now watch oh, yeah. all these cutscenes, and if you're not into it, you're like, this is annoying. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. leaves it up to you to figure it out. I love that style of storytelling. Me too. I like the characters a lot in this game. Same. There's a lot I like about it. I just look at this other, the other games on this list, and I'm like, there's, it's just not a top three story. Mm-hmm. It's a top three game. It's not a top three story. It's the greatest game ever made. Top three at best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're cutting Elden Ring. Um, I'll take off another one of my children here. Uh, Strange Horticulture. Again, I know I'm the only one that played it. I was really, really surprised by this game. It, it came out of nowhere for me. It's this cool little game where you're like identifying all these different plants in your little shop. And uh, people come in with requests saying like, oh, I'm looking for something that's going to they're gonna say, my tummy hurts. Can I have something to help my tummy, please? And then you have to find which one of these is going to help this person's <laughs> little tummy. Some Pepto-Bitch mall. <laughs> Get the hell out of my store. <laughs> so what you do is you have this like encyclopedia of plants and you're digging into it to say like, okay, there's a few here that might help. Now let me look at the little drawing and the encyclopedia, see what looks like the plant that I'm looking for. It's a really, really neat game. The story is really cool. There's like a bunch of little subplots about like, there's like a cult trying to do do sacrifices to bring back this ancient beast. It, it's, it, it's a really strange and interesting story. A lot of surprises, twists and turns. I really dug it, uh, but I do not think it's going to hang with some of these on here. I like it. All right, so now with this list that's left, mm-hmm. uh, I've only played three of these games. Yeah. Um, personally, doesn't mean you have to pick your game. No, I know, but what? <laughs> uh, but I do want to pick it because I, I think I don't think Horizon is a top three storytelling game, and the issue is, so what's nice about the sequel, Horizon Zero Dawn, the first one, mm-hmm. set up the world, gave us everything we have, yeah. which now with the second one you can focus on a story because we have this backdrop, we have everything that we mm-hmm. need. Uh, to tell a different story, and it and it was good. I liked it. I don't think it's a top tier storytelling no. for this year. I no. think environmentally, as far as the open world, I think that tells a better story of what what we can get, mm-hmm. and uh, with this open world, where they can go. And I hope the DLC goes that way. I hope uh, an eventual um, third game goes that way, mm-hmm. and and they can really delve into some stuff. And they did. They they touched on a few things. I was like, oh, that's really cool. 
some of the beginning moments are really cool, but I don't think it's a top three game, especially not compared to the two other ones that I played on here. Yeah, and that's the the whole thing. For me, if you're not that you need to, not that Horizon and God of War can't be on here. If we're talking about the two, I think God of War's story is so much better. And then there's four or five games on here that are storytelling. I mean, this, you know, they're just. It's just story, you exactly. know. So exactly, I think. Um, I think and when they do it well, <laughs> that's right. Um, <clears throat> Stanley Parable is Ooh, that? Yeah. That was what I was going to go All for right, next, Shelby. I'm more so asking. So, Dan, you played it? I did, and I beat it, and I loved it. I loved it too. Do you feel like? I think it was very surprising in how good the storytelling was. Absolutely. Was I, it different enough from the original? Yes. Okay. Good. In such fun ways. It stands apart from the original, I feel like. Yes. Good. If anyway, but I think it, it's better. To but you me, need the first one. To me, the reason that it's on here, and if I'm in my heart of hearts, it's not top three, but I think it's strong. Like, I think if I had a top five, it would be top five for me because of the way that it talks. It's in concert with the first game. Like, you literally walk through an area, and there's like a Kotaku review of the first game, like up on the wall. And it like goes through, and the narrator's like, "Look at this great review. We made such a good game." <laughs> and and you realize like what they're doing here is they're talking about like how do you make a sequel to a game that surprised everyone and was great? Mm. Like how do you do that? <laughs> like that's what the game's about. Yeah. Like it is explicitly about making a sequel to a great game, and how you can do that right. And it, it, it goes into, like, Steam reviews, and it literally brings up Steam reviews about the game. Like, to me, that was just really, really cool. Absolutely. And then you throw in some random endings, like the one with the button. and The it, existential crisis button. It's really cool. Like, there's just a lot of really, really neat stuff. Was this the one you were talking about well with the written. hole? Like, the end on the, the hole that, uh, yeah. It says it's a, yeah, yeah. it's a hole that never ends, right. and then it's like, this okay. This is the hole that never ends. <laughs> yeah. um, I really, really loved it, but I, I think even me myself, if I was looking at this list, it would, it wouldn't make top three. Ouch! But it's super good. It is super good. Um, one I will take off here: Marvel's Midnight Suns. Ooh! I was so, so pleasantly surprised. I was going into this game saying, I just am here for the gameplay. It's the XCOM team. Just I'm here in so it. I don't get fined. I'm so excited <laughs> for the this cool tactics game with Marvel Heroes. It's going to be great. And then I really love what the story that they told. The A to B is a very straightforward um, superhero story. Uh, but the per- interpersonal interactions between you and the heroes or the heroes within themselves like seeing blade have a crush on captain marvel and like not know how to handle it properly so he starts a book club in order to like get her attention explain this game to us five years ago it's so so cool and these things like he starts a book club that's hilarious. It's so to get good. her attention. Yeah. It's so good. I really just like <laughs> so I, I can't speak highly enough about how surprised I was about it. Um, and I'll talk in moments about some really really cool stuff. And I know Shelby hasn't played it, but yeah, it's not I mean it, it wasn't something that I was planning on. It's yeah. just you know. I, I think that you're gonna dig it a lot. Yeah. Um, but again, I it wouldn't be top three for me. So in that now, does case, the game take place know. at night or during the day? Because it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. 
Um, all right, so we're down to six here. We got to cut half. We have Norco, Citizen Sleeper, Immortality, The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow, God of War Ragnarok, and Pentiment. So reading them out loud, the odd man out is Excavation of Hobbs Barrow. Well, only because it's the only one that... That only I played. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it can't be a top three. But it's not a top three. It's very, very good. It's a point-and-click adventure game. It's like Victorian, England, rural. Uh, you are this archaeologist going out for this dig you know you got this letter saying that there's this barrow that needs to be dug you get to the town and nobody knows they're all pretending they don't know what hobbs barrow is there's like some cult shit going on in the background that you dig up it's a really neat story i really like where it ended up i think they did some really interesting stuff with like that full car I dug it a lot, but again, I, I read those six out loud, and I said I would. Those other five are stronger contenders here. Excavating its way out of here. Now I know we have sentiment for Pentiment, so I'm assuming that's we got around. some pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Pentiment. I'm assuming that's sticking around. Yeah. Um. In, in my opinion, it's sticking it, around. It's super tough. Uh, I haven't played Norco or Citizen Sleeper, but I know you are both very high on those games. <sighs> yeah. If if you thought one yeah. does one stick out to you, not again, not that they're not both uh, sticking around, but I'd want to hear Dan's answer on this. What do you think? It's Wh- so t- which one of those two? If you had to pick oh, Narco or Citizen Sleeper, which one do you think had a better story? Better storytelling, let's say. Citizen Sleeper is like a goosebumps, if you will. Like it is your choose your own adventure type story. It is very much read your your game sort mm-hmm. of thing so it just it feels more like a story well Norco's also no voice acting oh that's true yeah just throwing that but thing. which one would I choose more because uh, uh, they you know the reason I'm asking this is because I'm trying to get ready for a game of the year I don't, I don't know which one Dan likes more. <laughs> <laughs> okay alright so this is just personal preference uh oh I like the sci-fi something about a citizen sleeper mm-hmm. this isn't to sleep for or better hit, or for worse, <laughs> it does satiate me a little bit more, but only because it's a little bit more uplifting. Oh yeah. Whereas Norco leaves you, where the last thirty minutes is mm-hmm. just god, like it's amazing, but it's god awful. It ends, and you're like, the world is terrible. Like, why do I? Why should I even <laughs> care about anything? Literally, people are terrible. <laughs> The world is terrible. I want no part of it. <laughs> want no part of it. <laughs> but 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 in a way, that's what makes Norco so effective. Oh, yeah. Now, if I was going to objectively say which line of storytelling is maybe more unique, which one's more jarring, which one is more effective, I'd say Norco is more effective. Mm-hmm. I like Citizen Sleeper more. That's because sometimes I like to just snuggle up in my blanket with my hot cocoa around the fireplace. Whereas Norco... And, uh, it strips it from you. It crashes do, your house down. I do want to be fair to Citizen Sleeper here and say that there are plenty of dark and dour moments. Oh Citizen yeah, Sleeper. I'm sorry. I'm not saying and there are some storylines yeah. that are like I was in shock, like just reading. Um, but I do think the overall tone of Norco is a lot more dark. Um, but I'm not saying that Citizen Sleeper was did not have the dark moments. So the interesting mm-hmm. thing is, right? The 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 category is storytelling. I think that I prefer the story that I experienced in Citizen Sleeper 
over the story of Narco, personally. And it's not to say they both can't make it, but when we're looking at the rest of these, to me, and tell me if you guys disagree, I think Pentiment and God of War are locks. Personally, um, God of War for me. Right. Being the uh, would you agree you I've think Pentiment yeah. is locks? So I think Pentiment and God of War are locks. Question. Oh, sorry. See, that's, that's so... Because the only one we haven't spoken about is Immortality. And, yeah. And as somebody... like. As the only other game that I've played on this list, I didn't like the way Immortality felt to play, yeah. but the storytelling is what kept me yeah. going. You know, yeah. like the storytelling drags you in with that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so for me, if I'm thinking about this, right, I think either Norco or Citizen Sleeper needs to get cut now, and then we need to have a discussion about the remaining one in Immortality. So I just wanted to ask you, though, really quick, though. So you said you like Citizen Sleeper more as far as storytelling. Yeah. I'm curious, is that because it has... Again, it does have moments of darkness and dourness, mm-hmm. and it makes you question existential, nihilistic themes, whatever. Mm-hmm. But is the reason why you're going for <laughs> the nihilist? <laughs> it's a freaking nihilist, man. Um, is it because it's more uplifting? Is it because by the end you have a little bit more? No, no. From an outside perspective, I'm. I mean, just because I like the sci-fi setting more, I'm drawn to Citizen Sleeper. Mm-hmm. It does. So, it's got but, some good, like Philip K. You know, Dick, like that. There is something to. There's something to the style of storytelling in Norco that I just love. Like, I really like... It feels much more literary okay. than um, Citizen Sleeper. Okay. Citizen Sleeper, the, the way that it's written... I mean, they're both beautifully written, very well-written games. Um, but there's a reason, in my opinion, Pentiment is a lock over these two. And... Truthfully, I mean, if it were up to me, I would cut Citizen Sleeper and Norco, Ooh. and it would be Immortality, God of War, and Pentiment. Wow. So That's up to you guys. I'm not saying we have to do that, but that would be my personal choice here, and I love both of those other games. Um, but to me, if you're agreeing with me on Citizen Sleeper over Norco, then I think we should cut Norco. Okay, and then have, now let's get down to Yeah. So I know that I am much higher on immortality than both of you guys. The thing about immortality where I would love to see it on these, this top three is the way that it tells its story is, was so effective for me. Mm -hmm. Like I just was so engaged Mm -hmm. in like seeing this like under layer and like when you would just get a clip that would be of like two people like doing it looks like a ritual with each other and you're just like what is like to me it was just so intriguing and it kept me in it so much like that's why for me i always i was on the edge of my seat the whole time yeah and i know that didn't really work as well for you guys but it, the game feel is what didn't what didn't do it for yeah. me the storytelling i was in i was yeah. all on board for yeah um because it was so different so interesting and for it to be live action and yeah. then and then the mecha- the mechanics and the storytelling yeah. are uh, like bar none for, uh, compared right. to some of the games this year. It's just the way that it paced yeah, it just, out. Yeah, with it the, just didn't. That yeah. stuff didn't work yeah. for me. However, like I said, I mean, all the way through and through, the story was phenomenal, and the, and the way that they put together three yeah full movies. false movies, yeah. you know, like the thing for me and really digging into it is like we have the story of Marissa Marcel. 
we have the story of like her career, right? So you see like the her initial like you know rehearsals mm-hmm. and her initial table reads and stuff, and then seeing how she develops as an actress, seeing the behind the scenes relationships between these people and how they develop differently. Like to me, there's so many layers that work to make this such like an engrossing story mm-hmm. that it's like it's not that I am saying the story of the one from A to B is this brilliant thing. It's like the way all these different pieces and they like gave you a lens into all of like each aspect of how this was developed. It's like a good detective story. Yeah, man. And I just loved it so much. So that's almost in a way of like, like you're in a giant mansion and you walk into one room to hear the story of these people and walk into the next room to hear the same story from their perspective. And yeah, I I, I know what you mean. And it's so uh, listen, I can only talk about because I I haven't played Citizen Sleeper, so I don't. I can't uh, boost up that game at all. I love Citizen Sleeper. There are plenty of wonderful moments I've really liked throughout. And like I I, I think these are the four, in my opinion. And Mm -hmm. I think adding Norco, these are the five. Top five best stories. So that's how I feel on it. And when it comes down to it, if I'm looking for my three, I'm taking Immortality, God of War, and Pentiment. And... Dan, if you want to make a strong case for Citizen Sleeper, I'm totally open to it. Um, because I know that resonated more with you than Immortality. Do it. it you, you won't. <laughs> or if you think Citizen Sleeper should stay over God of War or Pentiment, you can bring that. See, the reason why Citizen Sleeper, Citizen Sleeper hit for me, and though I, at the end of the day, consens- consensus among us, I don't, I don't know if I can... I don't think Citizen Sleeper had that sort of subversion that I think Immortality brings, and I know as a podcast, as a group, and just as, as individuals, we we look to these games or whatever media that we're into. We really like things that are unique and subverting our expectations. I don't think Citizen Sleeper like had that in that mm. respect, but I think it's a fantastic sci-fi story. I think uh, the amount of themes that they pack into you know a rich, dense, layered universe that they built all the different characters Mm -hmm. there's something about the writing where each character it was all just text and you would just have a little image of them but you felt like these characters were breathing that they were living you got invested with each character you got invested with each area of the space station that you're on um the multiple permutations depending on your actions what ending you want i mean this is a dense game with a lot of a lot of options and some of the best storytelling in a video game ever should have been a book well that, and that's fair <laughs> no I just but here's the thing it's a visual and, and this is where my hang up is and this is probably wrong the reason why i think since sleeper i'm higher than i am on immortality i think it was something about this isn't this category which is why maybe immortality wins it was the gameplay, something about dice rolls and and that was more mm-hmm. my speed whereas immortality i love the story I was intrigued. I got to the end. That's how much I I enjoyed it. But yeah, kind of like you were saying, Shelby, I just got hung up. Or most of the game, gameplay wise, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna click again. I'm gonna click on the candle, maybe, Mm. and see. So (laughs) you click on this, and then you click on that, and you're like, God, I hope somebody doesn't walk in right now. (laughs) That happened at least seven times. I'm like, oh God, clicking on a nipple. (laughs) What did (laughs) it? 
just click on hair and you're like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> um, but I think to be fair, that did take me out of the story just ever so slightly where maybe Citizen Sleeper's story hit me more because I was in tune to what the way that it was presented to me the entire game as opposed to Immortality where I love the story, but maybe it hit me not as strongly just because there was a little frustration. The game itself got in the way and changed the pacing in a way that it didn't hit as well. You're saying it. Yeah. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. The thing for me that I keep going back to with Immortality is that it just feels like such a... Like, the story itself, like, when you are... When you're in a scene... And you can't tell if this is a real thing that's happening behind the scenes, mm. or if it's them rehearsing, or if it's something that's being filmed. And it, like the way that that all works in like messing with your head, yeah, like it's just so powerful for me. And and personally, it it just hit. But if it's not, if if Citizen Sleeper is better for the group, I I can I could see that. Cut them both. Bring Norco back. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way. Um, uh, no, I I am okay. I'm sorry. I'm like yelling. Why am I yelling? Now between these two games, mm. you you both again a game I haven't played. You feel Pentiment is that much stronger than both of them? I think Pentiment yeah. could arguably. Pentiment's my winner. listen. That's interesting. Pentiment could winner. arguably be the best written. Yeah. Pentiment's my winner in this category. This in this category, yeah. all right. I like it. Listen, if you guys want to, I. I'm not going to sit here and put up a fight for God of War Ragnarok because. But I love God a, of War Ragnarok's story. Yeah, it's a very good story, I love it. and I think what it has over some, I, I like that it's still sticking around. What it has over other, not just PlayStation Studio games, but other third-person action games like that is, I feel that the camera angle really adds another element mm. to to the storytelling because yeah. mm-hmm. not only is it cinematic, but. Uh, almost like I just made that comparison to walking through a door and hearing this person's story. When you mm-hmm. when you first walk away and now you're Atreus and you're yeah. following his Such story and his thought process as he's yeah. speaking out loud or, or to uh, Sindri, it's like it just added a whole nother level to mm-hmm. what 2018 gave, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which of course, for, you know. It's, honestly, and we, we, I'm sure we'll talk more in moments, but for me, the thing about God of War Ragnarok that – I think it belongs in this top three is that it is a game like it is a big budget action game. Mm-hmm. So you think it's like, this is a big action movie. This is a Marvel movie, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally about families, not in the fast and the furious way, in the real way. It's about families it's and how these like, your family, everyone's family screwed up in a different way. Right. And it's like trying to reckon with how you want your family to be a part of your life. Right. And it's like this seeing the trauma carry through these characters. And really, it's like if Odin is the, you know, head of the household, right? Seeing how he affected his family seeing how he affected thor to drink right and through to be the way she was with her family because it because then it's trickle down uh, but the idea is right the idea is it's about okay we have these things that come from our past now how do we like develop and change as a person Mm -hmm. to be better 
that's a big theme of the yeah. of the whole game is Kratos yeah. wanting to be better, and he works on it throughout the whole game. Right. And then you see it in Thor's story, and you see it with all these characters. I mean, Brock and Sindri have their own yeah. line of, t- of of storytelling. You have the characters we already had from the from the first game yeah. that the moments are with, carrying their moments through yeah. yeah i mean listen i i agree with you and again it's the only game well the, this and immortality yeah. you know like i'm i'm all for it yeah um i just like i can't attest for the other two games I, yeah I, I mean i think about freya revisiting like oh, her wedding yeah. and that whole thing and those moments mm-hmm. and then when she's you know whatever it is the uh nidhogg and yeah. there, she's finally taking out the the mm-hmm. thing that's binding her to him. Yeah, and like that that, that whole thing. Crazy. But this is what I'm saying: is like these moments are deeper mm-hmm. than your average action game. Oh yeah, and absolutely. they're saying something, and they want to have a message, and they're hitting what they want to hit. Absolutely. They're not. It's not subtle, but it's not trying to like force it on you. Mm-hmm. It's telling a good story and weaving the stuff in and out. Yeah, I don't know. To me, I was so impressed with God of War Ragnarok, and I, I, I think it personally would belong on this list. I think it has yeah. to belong on this list for me. And uh, I don't know if this. I don't want this to be hot takey, but like it is those moments for me that made it so special. I, I feel like I look at it the way that I look at like a Mass Effect Two, where it's like those moments with each character. Mm-hmm. That's what makes a story yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't not take. I don't think the overarching through line A to B. Oh, go kill Odin! Like that's not as interesting as like once the ending happened. I was kind of like okay, you know. But it was the moments. It was mm-hmm. the moment with Freya. It was the moment with Atreus. It was the moment with Brock, Sindri, but, those characters. And what you just said is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Where it's like the ending isn't t- taking Odin down. The ending is Kratos saying goodbye to Atreus and knowing that he has to go on his own adventure without me Mm -hmm. and being able to be supportive in that way. And that moment is so good because of that. And that's the ending of the game. And that's why I like the ending of the game. It's not the Odin fight. It's not finally doing that. It's not the mask. It's mm-hmm. not the. It's nothing like that. Right. It's it's the moments between the characters right. that make it so good. And that's for me. I think it's got to be top three. Absolutely. I, I don't I'm, think any I'm of us are arguing on, board, on that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's every every character has. Failed. Even when you meet Agrabota and you go to her yeah. grandmother's house, yeah. you know, like that's a. It's a whole theme throughout yeah, the game. It's a huge. But thing. they do such a good job because it's something that we can all relate to. Right. In one way or another, you know, like, and that's, that's what's so cool about it. And I think they do a good job with talking about it and then showing how the characters deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing, right? Um, so, yeah, I think God of War Ragnarok, pretty good story. So Pretty good storytelling. I don't know, Dan. What do you think? Citizen Sleeper and Immortality, to me, it comes down to, we haven't talked about Pentiment. If you want to dig into that now and just start talking about it, just to talk it out and then see where we land on things. All right. Why don't you talk about Pentiment? Yeah. So Pentiment is a lock for me. Uh, so I'm just going to put this out here. If I was going to do this, it would be Pentiment, God of War, Citizen Sleeper as my top three. I would have Immortality in my top five, and I would also have Norco. Just putting that out there for those that are taking tabs. For all you haters out there. Pentiment, what makes the story so fantastic, I think, is its attention to detail. It creates a world, like a, an actual world, 
actual people and it sets it in an environment that I think I you know I'm guilty of it but the medieval ages happened well, not medieval. This is Renaissance. What is this? 1500s, 1600s? It's, it's, yeah. It's a long time ago. About is 500, this, 600. This is the one where you're the cartographer or yeah. something, right? <laughs> 500, 600 years ago. And you were talking to, you know, uh, painters and cartographers and you're talking to farmers and you're talking to laborers and you're talking to housemaids and you're, just, you're talking to all these people. 500 years ago and it feels like you're talking to them today it feels just it doesn't feel antiquated to some okay you know this is some old thing that happened years and years and years ago every person is living and breathing and has thoughts has feelings Mm -hmm. has passions and i think the way that it's it's written now it tells this story that spans what 40 50 years Mm -hmm. i mean this it just it goes on and on how it talks about a society one year and then how that changes over 50 years, how everybody has a direct role to play in its change or mm-hmm. its regression. There's just something so rich and so powerful about about it and just about the quest for knowledge, about how we, how we look at history, how we write history, how we know about history, how we act as a society and how we rally together or how we're destructive together. And mm-hmm. it, to me, it's just so well done. It's one of the best written games, one of the smartest games I've ever ever yeah, played i mean easily and, and this is up there with like you know we talk about nine in the woods we talk about kentucky Woods here disco elysium i mean Peniment is up there mm-hmm. uh, it's just i i can't rave about it enough the thing to, to bounce off what you're saying and just to put it shelb as you haven't played it the idea is right it's the difference i just ranted and raved about god will ragnarok and how good the story is any of those characters are there to serve their theme. That's what they're there for. They are not characters with complex thoughts and feelings about everything in the world. Mm. In Pentiment, that's who these these are real characters. These are like real people where you they have a, a stance on everything. They have their own thoughts, their own biases based on their past history. And you learn this as you meet them and talk to them. And actions that occur during your game, and then there's a time jump seven years, and you go back to that person, their views have changed based on actions that you took part in. And now you're seeing how that plays out in their personal lives. And it's like, that's the coolest thing to me. Not to mention all the, like, like you said, the actual overarching plot is fantastic. And I love where it goes in the end. And I love all the, like, the biggest thing with Pentiment is, and it literally is what Pentiment means, I believe. It's like um, painting over a previous painting, I think is what it is. Or, or the act of, like, tearing it down to show what it originally was. Like, the idea, the biggest theme in this game is, like, every culture is built on top of another pre-existing culture that goes for religion that goes for everything so the thing a big crux of this game is this these christian catholic people are very devout in their beliefs and even slight differences like you know with martin luther the difference between lutheran and catholic is a big difference for these people so now try to say 
the Romans that settled in this place a couple hundred years ago, those Romans have a their own story of how the town was founded, whereas the Catholics say St. Moritz and St. Satya came to this town and here's their story. And then you do find Roman ruins underground that show the Romans told the story of their god Mars and Diana who came to this town. And they're the same. They're talking about the same people. Mm-hmm. But in the religions, the Catholics are talking about saints, these specific people. So for them to say, oh, you're talking about the same people. They just have different names. It's like heresy. It's like, no, no, no. These were saints. Like these were not Roman gods. And that's that's what's so interesting about it. It's telling us like we are built on the backs of everybody before us and we all try to make our own like exceptionalism about our groups. And that's like it's just such an interesting story. And the way it deals with like history and how history is made and who writes history. And how it's so inherently like from one person's viewpoint, especially back then, because it's just written and passed down. Hmm. Like when you're literally your job as Andreas is to like take an existing book and rewrite it and redraw the pages. Every time it gets rewritten and redrawn by somebody, they change it Mm -hmm. in their own little ways. So the same book 300 years later is going to be a totally different book. And that's okay. That's how history is passed down. Right. And it's just such a, like to me, it just, it, it is so smart. And every step of the way, it, ne- it never fumbles. Like it is just every step of the way, the characters are sharply written. The drama in the town is incredible. Like it really feels like an experience that you could have today in media and if it was set, if this was set in 2022, you, you and you put the same character, right. you know, like same you would be like, same oh thoughts, man, this yeah. is so awesome. Yeah. But because it's 1500s Bavaria, it's like hard to wrap your mind around like, all right, what are we doing here? Right. But they feel so contemporary and so real. They're written in a way that is compelling for everybody. I, I just think it's such a special storytelling game. Um. That's why for me it would be my number one. Um, it also be my number one, Shelby. Honestly. Then I think throw it as number one. I but think we're locking as number one, but we do consensus. have to cut one. We have to cut one now. My that's so why I told you my list. It would yes. be Pentiment, Ragnarok, says the sleeper. I, and I told you my guys. list. It's Immortality, Ragnarok, Pentiment. Right, I know Shelby. Shelby hasn't played Citizen Sleeper, so I'm assuming he would go with Immortality. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's okay. So, I, not that that has to be the way it goes, but I do think Dan and I are pretty of the on the same level where I'm at with Immortality, he's at with Citizen Sleeper. And for you to say you really enjoyed the story in Immortality. Hey, keep it on there. <laughs> oh, let me do you a favor. Oh, a one and let me hey, do you a favor. Two, three, four. <laughs> Never. All right. I think we have our three here, guys. All right, guys. guys beautiful list. Uh, congrats to Pentiment. Best storytelling of 2022. And congrats to the runners-up, Immortality and God of War Ragnarok. You know, and Pentiment, do pretzels give you more HP? Or do you, you know? Is that were they not invented yet? There's a wonderful. The yeah, I don't know. I don't know if pretzels were invented. There's yet. a wonderful baker there, but it's mostly just bread. 
That's, That's blasphemous. <laughs> uh, all right, on to our next category. We have the best game feel oh, yeah. of 2022. Our nominees, Shelby, you want to read them out? Yes. Nice short list. Yes. Best game feel. Sifu, Ali Ali World, Neon White, Tinykin, Spider Heck, and God of War Ragnarok. Now, one is not like the others here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't disagree with it being on this list. Yeah. And, and that's God of War. God of War, yeah. Um, the rest are like smaller. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like game feel games. Yeah. Um, God of War Ragnarok, it's just the combat feels so oh, good. Oh, it's just so fucking good. And and the fact that Atreus is a playable character and yeah. he's so much fun to use. Yeah. Like that was, for me. His and then, melee attacks were just fantastic. so fluid and uh, what great animations. Loved it. Yeah, they were loved awesome. It. I think that definitely is, I'm glad it's on this yeah. list. I'm going to go right off the bat take off one of my games spider heck uh really really cool multiplayer game you literally play as a little spider mm. picking up objects it's like a it's like a death match you know last man standing you have guns lightsabers and you're it's all physics right so you're a spider running around when you jump you're like in free fall Floating. and then you'll stick to whatever surface you get to and you use the right stick to like aim your weapon so you're swinging a lightsaber around your body as you're flying through the air. It's super, super fun. Feels great to play, uh, but I, I don't think it's top three. All right. Um, I would go ahead, oh, as much as it pains me to say, and take off Tinykin. Yeah, I was um, thinking that too. It, it's just when you look at games like Sifu, Ali, Other World, Neon White, yeah. uh, God of War, it's, it's a great game. Yeah, it's just outclassed. Nah, it's and, a, uh, unfortunately, I think as a package, I think it's fantastic. I th- yeah, I, I don't think, think it was talking about going game feel. Yeah. It's not going for game feel. Yeah, it's not. It, it feels good. Yeah, you know, sliding on that bar of soap to get around, skateboarding yeah. around. Yeah. Love it. It's fucking awesome. I think it's a that very, was such a what a great like, addition to the game yeah. to have. Brilliant. That. Um, yeah. it, it feels good to control. It's, it yeah. has good yes, game it feel. Does. It's why it was on this list, but I don't think it's gonna be yes. top three. So now we have a top four, guys. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to make it easy. Tell you, you're going to start doing top fours. <laughs> Ali Ali World is not in class with these other three. No? Okay. No. All right. That's the only one I haven't I played. Think so. It's super, super cool. It feels great. It's a 2D side-scrolling skateboarding game. If you never played the original Ali Ali, it was it feels very much like this. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's kind of where it pulls back a little bit. I do think this feels better. But it's the same style, same tricks. Same old song and dance. Exactly. Um, All right, so we have our top three. We have our three. We haven't. So much quicker than the storytelling. (laughs) As expected. (laughs) Um, So, two of the three we haven't even mentioned that's Sifu and Neon White. Um, I think we didn't mention them because they're probably the two front runners. I think it's pretty safe to say that God of War, I'm glad you're on the three, but you're not being number one with these other two there. But between these two, I think it's going to be kind of tough. See, Neon White, to me, the greatest thing about that game is its feel. Like, that is, yeah. to me, that's its strong. It just, it, it's so fun. It, it is. is so fun to play. It just it feels good. It is smooth. Yeah. The controls are amazing. On the surface, if someone pitched me this game, I'd be like, all right, I'll get to it. Oh, yeah. But, like, playing it is, you got to play this game. Yeah. This game is fun. I, uh, not only that, I think, and we'll uh, again, we'll talk about it in moments, like, feel adds to one of the moments that i think are, are best about it yeah. and and it's it's just that perfect run you know mm-hmm. when you hit a perfect run that is like the so most good. satisfaction so good. moment of the year <laughs> you know it really is I, but so then you good. turn around and you look at a game like sifu um not to because it's obviously either number one or number two here mm-hmm. 
And similar to God of War, it's like when you're in combat and you fucking execute something perfectly. It's great. It is just and boom, 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 and then they're done. It's like oh, God, just getting I that did dodge. That. I that did that, yeah. that, like a high dodge, low dodge, and you're like, oh, you can't sweep me, bitch. <laughs> you know, like there is, oh, good. It that feels game, good. I mean, that game feels good to play. Yes. It does. It feel feels good really. It good feels to good play. when you when you figured it out. Yes. yes. When you know an area, yeah. you know oh. an enemy, and but when you, you know like, what combo, pop, pop, and then a big guy comes and tackles you, slams you on the ground. Not so good. <laughs> Not so good. But then again, does Neon White get the edge because it's more accessible to a, a feel like seafood? There's a curve. I feel like seafood. There's a learning curve. You have to yeah. learn. I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't take that into consideration. No, on no, this, no. but I. No, I think when it hits, it hits, and and take that for what it is with yeah. these moments. Now, personally, for me, I'm going to throw it out there. I think Neon White for me yeah. is a better game feel. I agree. Oh, I don't know where you guys stand. I on agree. That. I'm fine with that. You yeah, know what it that. is for me when you get to the late levels and you have the rocket launcher when, and oh. you get the grappling hook. Yeah. Just to grapple, like when there's a bunch of guys in a row and you're grapple, 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 and you're like the the movement of it. Yeah. It just feels so good, and they do those levels where there's like no floor. You're just like having go oh, yeah. wall to yeah, wall to wall ones. and hitting the balloons. And- Not only that, I was gonna say in the later levels when you have to when you end up having like three different weapons that yeah. you're like just cycling through, and you're like boom, like you got the secondary, yeah. primary, secondary, primary, and you and you nail it. Oh god, it's it's so good. I, I think it's our winner yeah. here. You, yeah. are you can you co-sign that, Dan? That was good. That was a yeah. good list, guys. No, we that's really a good list. That was like a good speed run. That was like I a was, nice, like perfect it. run. Fitting for Neon White. Somebody put it up on the leaderboards. <laughs> yeah. uh, so congrats to Neon White for best game feel of 2022. And congrats to the runners-up, Sifu and God of War Ragnarok. Um, another category here. Second to last one. Best new character of 2022. We have Randy the Rad from Nobody Saves the World. Whoop, whoop. We have Volo from Pokemon Legends Arceus. We have Blythe from Elden Ring. We have Ronnie from Elden Ring. We have the Ditch Man from Norco. We have LeBlanc from Norco. We have B12 from Stray. We have Marissa Marcel from Immortality. We have Angerboda from God of War Ragnarok. Odin from God of War Ragnarok. Hunter from Marvel's Midnight Suns, Andreas Mahler from Pentiment, Sister Gertrude from Pentiment, and Klaus Drucker from Pentiment. Uh, so we got a great list of characters there. The only thing I want to mention, and I'm not trying to throw a monkey wrench in here, Dan, we were talking about Citizen Sleeper before and all the great characters. <laughs> I, I sense a. Oh, that there's no. Uh, I don't Citizen see Sleeper. any characters there's from no Citizen cat. Sleeper on this list. Um, Just throwing that out there. Quick question while you kind of yes. pursue that. Hunter is your character? Player character. In Marvel Midnight Suns. Yes. Right. And the interesting thing is, so this is a brand new like hero that they made up for this game. But they are such a good character. Yeah. And you make choices that change the character. But... They in cutscenes like they'll speak for themselves and like do and and I just love what they did with this character. Mm-hmm. They did the classic like, oh, you've been asleep for three hundred years, so you don't know anything about pop culture, and like, uh, Nico Minoru is like a big movie buff, and she's like, you gotta watch this action movie with me. Like you don't know what this is, and they'll watch like a watch like a vampire movie, and Blade is like. 
so your character's like i fought vampires in the 1700s uh this isn't at all what they're like and blade is like yeah a lot of change <laughs> like it's like so this game is so good guys it's so silly and ridiculous but i love the character because they give her or in my you can choose male or female but they give her this area to be funny but then they do some really cool stuff. Like the whole theme of the game, you're grappling with Lilith, like the mother of demons, is your mother. And last you saw her, you fought to the death and should have died, but you went into like a 300-year slumber. So <clears throat> you're having these... Just a quick Van Winkle nap. Yeah, a little nap. <laughs> uh, so you're having these like dreams where you're meeting with Lilith and she's calling you to try to get her, get you on her side, like stuff like that. I definitely don't think it's going to be a top three. I just want to shout it out because obviously it's the only new character here um, <clears throat> in a game full of very recognizable Marvel heroes. Um, and I did really like that character. So we'll take her off. Noice. I also think we could take off Volo from Pokemon Legends Arceus. I don't even know who that is. <clears throat> so this is the guy that's like, following you, you you find him all the time he's like helping you out he's just like blonde dude like weird dude he's always like hey uh let's go over here did you find this pokemon let's battle and at the end you find out that he was like a bad guy the whole time and it's this huge crazy reveal it's silly and i really really liked it but it's it's certainly not going to be a top three god i so didn't enjoy that game oh, I, I really loved it you like rcs <laughs> not even a little bit i didn't like it I know, and, and you're loving, I, I you're really loving liked it at first. That was my issue. Is I really liked it at first, and then I was, and then I just got like, ugh, I'm, I'm not enjoying this anymore. It's funny how different and it gave me such a bad taste. It is than Scarlet. So different. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. It feels yeah, yeah. It so really different. Is so different. Yeah. It is the perfect meld of yeah, Arceus and it's like the stuff that fire most people that. liked about Arceus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. the stuff that everyone loves about yeah. the old games. I tell you, I'm back on I'm back on the Scarlet <laughs> grind right now. Yeah. And it's killing me. It's so good. It's so good. Um any others jump out at you guys here as a possible cuts? What about Randy the Rad? Tell me about that. I haven't played oh, he's so rad. He's pretty rad. He's fucking righteous, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh Randy the Rad is the oh, correct me if I'm wrong. He is the apprentice. Yeah. Um he's like your he he thinks he's a hot shit wizard when yeah. you first come in he's, you see him right in the beginning of the game. yeah yeah he's, he's one of the first characters you run into he sticks with you kind of here and there throughout so long as you're progressing through the story um normally and and he just has he has some redeeming moments towards the end of the game because he really isn't on your side for the whole thing you know because he thinks who he is and he just has these funny quips and yeah. God, it's been so long since he's I played good, it. I'm trying to think no, of like the he's small a good, moments. He's like joke character. Like he's funny. He jumps in yeah. and says dumb shit. He'll like he always thinks he's hot shit and then he'll like fall into a pit. You know, like stuff yeah. like that. Like he's he's a good character. I mean, there's there's no way he's making top. Three. No, 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 no. But he's a good shout out on this list. Good shout out from a game that deserves a good shout out. Yes, I agree. Speaking Shel. of games that deserve good shout outs. So I was just looking over Citizen Sleeper. Yeah. Now I don't think any of these characters would make it in the top three. This list has some very very good characters. But anyone you want to shout out? Yeah, I just want to sh- first. Of all, I want to shout out is Sabine, Sabine, the uh, the doctor, the mm-hmm. immortal doctor. You know, we like our characters that are sort of. We don't know if they're good guys. A little we don't bit know on if the gray side. Guys. Yeah, I think that Sabine's a really really good character. Good I think character. I agree. Really well written, especially if you follow the quest line. 
you know, there are so many points within that quest line where you are questioning, oh my gosh, wait a second. Is Sabina a good guy? Mm-hmm. Is a good guy? Um, I also like Fang. I don't know if you remember Fang. Fang, the freedom fighter. I do know Fang. I think Fang was a good character. Very good. Um, Dragos, I thought, was a good character. Um, that, what about the vending machine? Vending machine. Did you ever do that one? No. Oh, it's pretty cool. Like a vending machine is the... Yeah. You find like an old abandoned vending machine that's been there for like forever mm-hmm. and you take out its AI core and you can you can do some stuff with the hunter and there's a, there's a whole thing. Oh, interesting. It's very cool. Wow. Um, oh, Maywick, the hunter? Yeah. Maywick's a cool character. Very cool. Um, the one that I liked, I don't remember his name, is the Mushroom Griller. Uh, you know, I was trying to look. I was looking yeah. at the Citizen Sleeper wiki, and I was trying to find the picture. He's the first one of the, the first one oh. of the first people you meet. He's great. He's awesome. He's great. I loved hearing his stories. Yeah, uh, and then eventually learning how to how to cook. He's a great character. The bartender. What about that then? The bar owner. Bar owner slash bartender. Did you do that quest where you build up the bar and? I did. I'm trying to find like a picture with the name. It's the problem. It doesn't sound very memorable. <gasps> Listen, I beat this game what back in like May. I know, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, um, anyway, but yeah, well, good shout outs for some Citizen Sleeper great characters. Good yeah. characters. Um, any others jump out of here? I I don't want to do this because I I'm just not going to do it. Okay, I'm going to nominate B12 to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I said B12 made the ultimate sacrifice for you. Sure did. Who cares? Not not the top three character. I guess not. Honestly, very... It, the animation on that character, that little droid thing, very, very cool. Yeah. Like, it, it was cool. It was nice. I liked it. I mean, not, much, not so much of a character. <laughs> what about Marissa Marcel? As a character. Whoa. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoa. I didn't mean, I was to, I didn't mean Come to just on do that. I'm Whoa. sorry. I didn't mean to just do that. Um, but as a character. So, as a character, I think she's fantastic. Seeing... But as a new character. <laughs> seeing her development as an actor throughout the movies. Not even throughout the movies. You see interviews after the movie's production... And you see that confidence, mm-hmm. you see the change, and really, obviously, it's the one posing as Marissa mm-hmm. at this point throughout her entire film career. But seeing that discovered love for art that she didn't have before, she came in as like a 17-year-old, you know, doe-eyed, uh, in the headlights, excited to be there, just happy to be doing a... a uh, audition you know uh and then seeing her development into this really great actor that wants to push the boundaries of what art could be and i mean i think she's a fantastic character fair i was just asking i was just asking that wasn't proposing a cut i was just asking is that right <laughs> um i think if we're talking Elden ring characters I think Ronnie is my my girl. I mean, she's literally my wife. So did you? I did. I did her quest too. I oh. <laughs> kind of feel like you stuck to that one, huh? Yeah. The old ball and chain. 
I'm not, I'm not going to say anything on, on that one. We are in your home after all. But um, <laughs> Ronnie's sleeping upstairs. Um, but I think I love Blythe's story. Yeah. I think it all hinges on Ronnie's story, though. Well, you can't have one without the other, but this is why Blythe is so great. Yeah. He is a loyal puppy. He is. He's just such a loyal puppy. I just have so much He's respect dog. for loyal puppies. Lapdog. Lapdog. How dare you? No, I think Blythe is a very cool character. I like his story. His uh, arc is great. Great arc. But I think Ronnie's is really the one mm-hmm. in this game that, that stuck with me. Listen, I fought the, um, what was it, the S- Estelle? Yeah. Just to get Ronnie's quest line. That, I mean, I put myself through that nonsense. It's great. For her. A great fight. Not that we have to compete for Ronnie's affection. <laughs> Uh, as far as Norco goes, I would, I love the Ditch Man. Yeah, LeBlanc is one of the best characters. I think LeBlanc is. He's gonna just be, one of the best characters. I think he's gonna stick around more than Ditch Man. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout out Ditch Man because just a total wild card. Like you, like ends up becoming the leader of the, of the what are they called the Garrets? The Garrets. Um, and yeah, I think. Uh, he he had a hell of a arc, but I, I'm I'm leaning towards LeBlanc. Correct me if I'm honestly. wrong. He's the guy at the end too. Sure is. He's in the rocket ship. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. Um. Can I? Oh, I guess we'll get into it when we get into. I got him. Me to fix that for you. Okay, Diana's in there. Oh, all right. <clears throat> Are you good, Dan? Good. Are we being too loud? No. All right. <clears throat> so yeah, I I would lean towards LeBlanc personally. I mean, he is just the perfect like shithead <laughs> private eye. Like, guy just wants to make money wherever he can seeing his arc and how he develops and he really gets invested in this mystery and coming along with you oh my gosh at the end the ultimate sacrifice yeah he gets shot um what does he say at the end at, at point like at point leblanc, point LeBlanc. Oh. <laughs> he, doesn't he like he gets shot but like he says something stupid he's just like give me some french fries or yeah. he says he says yeah. like something like because he knows that that's who he is yeah. that's the thing i love about him yeah he knows his role yeah and he's like i'm just i'm a clown yeah <laughs> i like wearing clown makeup i'm the clown that's and he knows it is that, that's one of the best moments he doesn't try to be the serious guy he's not trying to give people good advice he's just like listen i'm gonna help you however i can but we all know who I am, <laughs> and and I'm a clown. This is the real me. This is the real me. <laughs> Amazing. Um, he's a great character because he is. He's like, we love those characters that are awful. Yeah. But then, like at the end of the day, they do the right thing. And you're like, oh, what, what a great trope. Yeah. Um, as far as God of War characters, I think Odin, obviously not a new character. None of the God of War characters can be new characters because mm-hmm. they're exist Norse, in this yeah. mythology but as far as a new character we've seen in video games characterization well i think it's just the idea of first the first on-screen appearance in this 
in this series. Only took him seven thousand years. <laughs> um, I would very much lean Odin on this. I think Angerboda is very cool. Great character. Very cool character, but great moments. Yes. Uh, I do not think anybody in God of War, except maybe your main two, can really hold a candle to Odin. Yeah. In my opinion. I think what makes Odin so great is that he's a bad guy. But, Mm -hmm. like, he's so, he's just, the way. He he, was so, like, I don't want to say complex, because his, it was just so cool to see him from two different sides. Like, you have Kratos' feelings towards him. You have Atreus's want to of deception towards mm-hmm. him and stuff like that but to go there as a trace for the first time walk around with him as he's like training the mm-hmm. the people yeah. and like mm-hmm. doing that stuff it's such an interesting moment and then to literally just be in the house walking up listening to stories of kind of about him mm-hmm. from other people like yeah he, it was, there was so much it was so good he's just such an actor good, played him he's a awesome. master mm-hmm. manipulator yeah in such a dark way where like it's constantly on that edge of like part of you wants to say he's not that bad uh, right and he, he knows he that's knows where that, he though. that's mm-hmm. where he gets you he knows that he is a perfect example of this type of manipulative person and the way he can just because you see him how he makes offhanded comments to thor that just are like daggers in his like he he'll just say like, "Man, you were a lot more fun when you used to drink." Mm. It's like, "Oh, that's your dad saying yeah. that." Like, what an asshole! And just the way he like calls Freya frig, even though she doesn't want him to. Like, there's so many little things. Yeah, just another F name to fucking remember in that game. <laughs> Ridiculous. I just I really really love him as yeah. a character. To yeah. me, he's a he's, he's he's a top three. Yeah, he's top tier. He's he's really good. And, and I didn't mean tier. Don't oh, no. oh don't do it too soon. Too soon. <laughs> uh, but no, I think in that vein, I think Angerboda is such a cool character. Really fun to have someone around Atreus's age for mm-hmm. once. They have great interactions. I really like their relationship. But I don't think she's gonna hang. But I I would take Odin. Yeah. I wish we got to spend more time with her, because she is like her little, her little outpost that she's with there, and uh, I forget the name of that so that cool. area. Me too. I mean, just her paintings going through them. She has so much more backstory to tell that I want to know. Want to know what's going on with her parents? Who are they? What happened with them? You know, like every everything about her her part of the story, it, it, the the initial part of her story. I just. I'm totally interested in, but yeah. but I do feel that Odin is a much stronger new character. I agree, absolutely. Um, let's talk about these Peniman characters. Yeah, not that we only have to pick one, but more than likely we will. More than likely we will. So pick only one, you mean? Yeah, more than likely, but not necessarily. Um, Andreas is your main character that you play through the first two chapters. Um, really great character. The the thing that I always have a bias against like characters that you can shape. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because they are a little bit different. Like you can, you can choose like personality traits. You can choose what choices you make to say. Right. I always kind of lean away from that a little bit. So I would favor the other two personally. I understand. That. I was thinking that too. But I do think he is a fantastic character. Um, and the characterization that they give him throughout regardless of how you play him like with the relationship with 
Sabine uh-huh. at home. You know, he has a wife waiting for him at home um, and how the relationship goes. They had a child together that passed away at a young age and like seeing how he deals with that over the years and how he kind of abandoned his wife after like it's really really good characterization and i think he's a very good character but i personally would lean towards the other two uh sister gertrude and klaus drucker um sister gertrude is there through all three of the time you know time skips um and she is just this like super nice super caring you know nun who like you see she is like a go-to person when you want to identify like plants and you want to get a you know a, a something made up for one of the old uh, brothers that is having a heart attack you know some medicine made up um, she's picking up these you know balls that they make ink from like she's always like there to help out and i think she's really really cool she has the the cat mm-hmm. um she tends the garden at the at the convent i just i love her style uh but for me klaus is the character okay because i just want to say one thing but Gertrude, go ahead yeah what i think i liked about her most is yes she's like on the surface like i think She's genuinely a good person. Definitely. She is on the outside, bubbly. Everybody goes to her, mm-hmm. caring. Mm-hmm. But what I like about her most and what made me point her out as, okay, this is why I like her as a character, is that like all the shenanigans that go on like in the convent, like all the mm-hmm. bad things, like she takes care of like the nuns. Like, she, yeah. like, and all those women, you know, those women that have been abused or they've been mistreated in mm-hmm. some way, like she will, she will push her whatever her religious constitution mm-hmm. aside to do the right thing for mm-hmm. her her nuns and, and her friends and i mm-hmm. think that's just something very noble especially in a time period where like if you went against your religion you'd yeah. probably be hung or murdered she's it's that true. kind of person to be kind on yeah. the surface but then also do the, you know she walks the walk and talks the talk she 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 does the right things for the people of her convent and, and her to fellow me, nuns i totally agree with you but I do think I get some of that from Mother Cecilia mm. in that first area. Yeah. Because you're really looking at somebody that shouldn't be doing the things that mm. you're doing. Like yeah. she, you know, that person that we're talking about, that that nun who was forced upon by the Baron. Mm-hmm. And she went out of her way to say... <clears throat> we'll handle it. We'll make sure you're taken care of, you know, that sort of thing. And she like knows about everything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I just don't want to hear it. Right. I, uh, not worried about it. You know, like that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I really feel like she encompasses some of the th- same things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Klaus, Klaus for me. So he's the printer. Um, He's Andreas's best friend, really. Like your first lunch you have with him, um, and his wife and son, uh, and what ends up happening? The time skip happens, right? And Klaus's wife dies in childbirth, and his son also passes away, which is super sad. So you come back seven years later, and Klaus is like shocked to see you, and he has a little, you know, whatever, however old two or three probably like a two-year-old 
uh and he's like just shocked to see you and he said andreas like you never wrote and he and it's like oh shit <laughs> like i should have been there for my friend and he he's like listen i need a little time to see that you're back come see me for lunch tomorrow and then he's your friend yeah you know because he knows that he's like hey i'm pissed at you but we're we're good friends and you know i know it's important and he sticks by you throughout everything that you're doing he has his own things going on and then to see in that final act when you're playing as magdalene his daughter Mm -hmm. who's now older and you know late teens early 20s um and you see him you know he he gets his head bashed in and he's like basically laying in bed but the the way he talks to magdalene and the way he is like advocating for her and even before he gets his head bashed in and he's talking about how much he cares about the mural because he was going to paint it he's like we need to portray this awful night where the where the you know the the peasants uprose had an uprising and burned the church we got to portray it the way it really happened mm-hmm. and everybody else in town was like whoa whoa come on that's like a crazy and to see how much he cares about it because he's carrying this guilt of like i could have done more i should have been stronger and sticking with like he just has such a good arc mm-hmm. I, I think, I think he, I, I'm with you. Dan. I feel you like just, he's such a fantastic character. You just swayed me. Let's I, do it. I feel like he's so excellent. Let's do it. Bye, Gertrude. Gertrude, you're great. So long, sister. So long, sister. Um, all right. So we have five left. We have Ronnie from Elden Ring. We have LeBlanc from Norco. We have Marissa Marcel from Immortality. And we have Odin from God of War Ragnarok. And we have Klaus Drucker from Pentiment. Dan. Shelby. You want to say it again? I don't think Ronnie makes the top five. No, Ron, I mean, makes Ronnie's, the top three. Ronnie's not making it. Don't Ronnie's tell the misses I said that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think Ronnie's making it. But now we have a very important question. We have a tough one. And you're not going to like my answer. Oh, why? <laughs> I think Marissa Marcel makes it and LeBlanc okay. doesn't. I understand. You know what it is for me, honestly. <laughs> Just roll over and get a belly rub, why don't you, Dan? Jesus. You know, you know what it's it is. It's at thirty at night. You can tell me anything, really. It's a- you know what it is for me is LeBlanc is is a great character. We don't get that much from him. Mm-hmm. Like he. What has, you get from him is great. It's great, and he's he's got he's got some really good lines. I love his whole attitude towards everything. But to me, I, I feel like Marissa Marcel is just such a strong character. And this could be like Marissa Marcel slash The One. Fair. Um, and I really love that development over the mm. years. But then what is our number one? <gasps> bum, bum, bum. I, I think it's Odin. Shall we? I'm 100% on board When with he that. is on screen... He's yeah. He's magnetic. Steals the show. He's magnetic. So steals the show. I compelling. was so drawn to Thor as a character throughout the whole first half of the game. Yeah. And any time they're in a scene together, it's it's Odin. It's Odin. Well, that's the thing it's, too, because yeah. Odin is so. He's not physically imposing. He just yeah. seems like this, like whatever kind of guy, this kind of like slimy sort of. Right. But yeah, to see how the other characters interact when he's oh. there with Thor. Yeah. Right. Thor's yeah. physically imposing, but how he's like shut yeah. down when Odin is there yeah. and you're like yeah. what did this this guy like you said this guy seems normal what, what did he do yeah. 
So I was actually, make, it's oh. it's funny because you there's so Odin sees through his ravens and everything like that, mm-hmm. and I heard that they threw little things in there where throughout the game, Odin's actually watching you from different people, and in the early game, as soon as you get in the the boat and you're like rafting down to uh, the elf, not elf, the dwarf village okay there's a guy the first bridge that you cross is a guy that runs across the bridge and looks down at you and then keeps running yeah and the developer said they were like yeah that was odin yeah Whoa. like he was looking at you right from the start because they make a uh-huh. comment saying like uh surprised to see me or something like that like, right like i think it was uh what's your guy's name the kratos head. the head mamir mamir. <laughs> mamir says like man they're really uh look surprised to see you or something right, like right, that right, and yeah. i think that's right when odin ends up coming in the, oh yeah it's on your yeah. way through yeah there was a part like you're literally going and there's just a guy that runs across the bridge and he briefly midway through the bridge stops looks at you and yeah. then keeps on running and they wow. said like in that moment odin like took him over he looks down at you and then he releases the guy and the guy just keeps on running and i was like oh that's pretty fucking wow. awesome it's really cool um and just little moments like that but it but it just goes to show that they put so much thought into this character oh the yeah. performance was unbelievable Incredible. The, the 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 character just commands the scene whenever he's in it and not to mention he's just i mean he's got his motives are there his his little monologue uh, when you come back with the spear right and he like confronts you and he says like has anybody ever prayed to you <laughs> like does yeah. anybody care about you yeah. he's like these people worship me do you know what that means to be a god like it's just such a that whole thing like he this was a special performance yeah and not only is it the performance but the way that the character's written and the story that they're telling like we talked about with all the themes and things that they're going for like he's the centerpiece of it all and they nailed it yeah, yeah. Like, he is so strong such a strong character it's so funny how the devs like right before releasing were like, "Is this is the game actually good or is it suck?" It's like <laughs> crazy. What are you thinking about? <laughs> are you like so that far yeah. into it that you you can't even I see it from so. an outside perspective? It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yes, no, my vote's for Odin. Odin's the winner. Odin's the winner. Congrats to Odin. Winner, winner, Odin dinner. Best new character of 2022. Congrats to runners up Marissa Marcel and Klaus Drucker. Cool. All right, let's move on to best moment. Or moments of 2022. Uh, we did lose Shelby since you since you last uh, heard us in the previous category. He was here um, a second ago and then he just poofed. Yeah, he had to run out. I'm not sure. Might have <laughs> been diarrhea. I don't know. <laughs> Hope he's okay. Yeah, he won't be joining us for the rest of this category, but um, he'll be with us for the the game of the year episodes. Love so you, Shelby. For that. Um, I didn't mean the diarrhea thing. Dan, let's go every other here for the moments. Let's do it. Uh, I'll start. Karaoke Phase 2 from Sifu. Walking out to see the massive open area in front of you after beating Godric the Golan in Elden Ring. Stepping out into Raya Lucaria for the first time, Elden Ring. The Radon fight in Elden Ring. Visiting the crumbling lands for the first time in Elden Ring. The Melania intro scene in Elden Ring. Intro to Dragonlord Placidusax. In Elden Ring. A lot, of game, a lot of Elden Ring moments. Yeah. Going to the hidden vault underground, Tunic. Discovering the Holy Cross in Tunic. Meeting the Ditchman as Catherine in Norco. Puppet Show in Norco. Arriving to the Spaceship Throne Room in Norco. Reviews in the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Time skips in the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. The first rewind in Immortality. 
So many faces in immortality. The final scene of immortality. Shaving off a wicked serious amount of time, a.k.a. shortcut in neon white. I added a word there. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, kids playing Return to Monkey Island. In the end of the Return to Monkey Island. The pickup truck commercial tape. Thor's defib and God of War Ragnarok. The one I said was from The Looker. Um, the Well of Erd slash the Norns in God of War Ragnarok. Thor's Relapse in God of War Ragnarok. Sindri's Outburst in God of War Ragnarok. Atreus Stays in God of War Ragnarok. And the Funeral in God of War Ragnarok. Finding the Body in Pentiment. Execution in Pentiment. Dreaming of August in Pentiment. End of Act 2, start of Act 3, Pentiment. The Tabernacle. There you go. I said it right when we were talking about it. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Uh, The King in Yellow, Signalis. Cathan. Thank you. Cathan's Vessel in Marvel's Midnight Sun. (laughs) Finding Basilius in A Plague Tale Requiem. And King Hugo in A Plague Tale Requiem. A lot of moments here to talk about. Good moments. Great moments. Um, The thing that I want to say off the bat, we we told you about spoilers at the beginning of this episode, but we're going to tell you again. This is the most spoilery category outside of Game of the Year. So any of those games that we just named and we alluded to things happening will indeed be spoiled on there's this a lot of spoilers here dan quite a few um so the way that i feel like maybe we should do this first off unless there's any like glaring omissions you would like to make no maybe we look at like just a lot of games with a lot try of try to moments. narrow down the the games that have multiple not that that doesn't mean that like our top three couldn't be all god of war all, all Elden but if Ring, we have but... five or six i think it's safe to say we can cut it down to two or three I agree with you. You know what I mean? So you want to start with Elden Ring since there's a lot here? It's right at the top. Um, All right. I think... How about this to start it off? I think that stepping into Raya Lucaria is very, very cool, but it's a lot of that same majestic feeling that you get from walking out after beating Godric. Fair. And it's maybe the same thing when you go underground, just this sort of like... Exactly. Expansive... Whoa, there's so, so much here. Maybe we can change what that Elden Ring one is. And I think it's like the realization of the size of it or the scope of it. You know what I when mean? When they only give you a sliver of the map and you're like, oh, all right. So there's only like four quarters on this. Wait a second. There's 18 quarters on this map. <laughs> like, like, I've just played a full game's worth <laughs> and it's only the first area. <laughs> um, so what do you think? Cut Rai Lucaria? I'm fine with that. I think it's such a cool area. It's like Hogwarts come to life. It's really cool. Yeah, and like, it, right? I forget. You have to do something special to like get in there. Yeah, and then you get whole, in you there have to get and then seals uh-huh. and go in, and then it like it's like you walk through a veil, and it's like the sky is blue with, with crystals in there. It's really cool. Man, Elden Ring was so good. It's a pretty good game. <laughs> it's pretty good. Hot take. Um. <laughs> We have a couple of boss ones here. We have the Dragonlord Placidusax. We have Melania, and we have Radon. They're all so good. They are so good. I think even though it's so epic, the Placidusax one, it's so like the framing of it is really cool. It's this huge coliseum. It's zoomed in on him. He looks like an egg floating. And he's like upside and he down. He just opens yeah. up his wings. The lightning strikes. It is very, very cool. But to me, the Radon and Melania are stronger mm. if we're talking about just boss fights. The Radon fight, I know a lot of people don't like it. There's just something about that fight that 
But it's even the, the thing for me, and the reason it's a, such a great moment for me, aside from the fight itself, it's walking onto the beach for the first time and seeing how big he is. Mm. And then seeing how he's shooting these arrows at you and you most definitely died right away being like, what the hell? <laughs> it's just like seeing the spectacle of it all. And all your friends like running up to him yeah. and then going down. And then oh. the minute that he, uh, he's like turns into a comet, like there's yeah. just so much, the sky gets dark and he shoots in like a comet. It's the spectacle. It is. It's not like, it's not, I'm not saying it's the best mechanical fight in the game, but the look of it and the spectacle of it all. It feels epic. Such a good moment. It feels epic. You know what I mean? And then that Melania fight, and here's where we'll talk about it, because I just think she's such a cool design, mm-hmm. and the way they introduce it, like, you know that this is going to be the hardest boss in the game. Right. <laughs> like, they're just like, <laughs> they the way she just like, she like comes out and like straightens the sword and looks at you, and then the... After you beat the first phase, and she's up in the air and unfurls the wings. Like, oh, like what a cool design. Absolutely. But I personally would say, as for a moment, I think the Radon, like thematically and spectacle-wise, I think it's just really, really cool. Yeah. Do we have Melania on our bosses? I think she won. She As she, as she should have, now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, I think she did. Yes, she won. That makes me feel better if we do cut her because I just feel like part of it too is that that fight is so mechanical as well, and that doesn't go with our moments in our category. But like that fight, that fight is so mechanical, and you're right; it's probably it's definitely mechanically better. Yeah, no doubt about than that. Redon. Redon. Yes. And again, it's all subjective anyway. But like I think mechanically, like it is a Souls fight. Yeah. Um, but Radon, you're right. There's something to it. Just like you feel so insignificant. Yeah. He's so big. He's so big. He's so big. And his weapons he throws are so big. And he moves so fast. Yeah. For such a big guy. On such a tiny horse. A little horsey. There's like this whole thing that apparently he loves his horse so much that like... He learned gravity magic so that he doesn't crush it. That's really sweet. It is sweet. I feel bad killing him. That's Melania's ex. Don't worry about it. I know all the lore. um so the one the other one that i'm gonna say we can probably cut here is visiting the crumbling crumbling lands for the first time and this could really be swapped in for like visiting a far off area for the first time because Mm -hmm. for some people it would be you open up a chest and get teleported into hell itself (laughs) yeah um remember that moment that's a great moment (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the, this kind of is what that is. Right. Because there is a time, I think it's when you, I forget even where it is, but it's like giant gravestones. And it's like, do you want to be transported? And if you say yes, one of them takes you to Far Missoula way before you're ready to do that. And it's just so strange being like, there's just a tornadoes all around me and I'm on this like broken up piece of a Coliseum. Like it's just such a striking scene. But I look at the other games here and for me, if I look at the other Elden Ring ones, I would rather keep the Radon fight and keeping out the scope, you know, like walking I'm out fine with and that. seeing it. Works for me. All right. So let's leave those two for now. Okay. Um, What's the other big ones? God of War Ragnarok? God of War had a lot there. Um, all right, let's talk about them. Does any jump out at you uh, right off the bat? I love the defib. I wonder if that would stay. It's not gonna hang. It's yeah. such a cool. It's such a cool moment. It's so. so cool to fake a death of the player character. 
It's in the beginning of the game. You're in a boss fight. It's, it's the first, first main yeah. fight. You're in a boss fight. You get knocked around, and then it cuts to black and shows like a tooltip. And then you hear Thor say, nah, not so fast, or something <laughs> like that. And he electrocutes you to bring you back to life. Very, very cool. To me, I mean, some of these hit really, really hard in a different way. Um, so I think we cut that. Again, similarly, I don't know if it's just, hey, this is who we are as people. Um, but the Well of Erd and the Norns is like so interesting and cool. But it's not like a hard-hitting emotional moment mm. like a lot of we these We do like ones. our emotions. We do like emotions around here. If Shelby was here, he'd be able to counterbalance us a little bit. <laughs> We're just two sensitive guys. <laughs> uh, but would you agree with me that that would be on the lower end here I agree. Also? Great moment. But yeah. Really cool. Just getting on the Kelpie and it takes you underwater. Yeah, that's really cool. And you get under there and there's all these hanging like, I don't even know what you call them. It looks like the traps that you put for flies in the back of restaurants. Yeah, yeah the sticky things. <laughs> yeah. And it and it's like a bunch of like, it's a tapestry mm-hmm. of the world. Like they're writing it as it, like it's just such a cool thing. And that's the thing too, when it comes to moments, you and I, Dan, are definitely about like oh, gut punching things. Whereas moments could also just be like, Really cool looking spectacles. I mean, you know, Redon's like that though. So I know. it makes me feel better. We're a little bit more well-rounded than <laughs> I thought. Listen, we are who we are. Then what are you going to do? I'm an emotional guy. What can I say? Um, I watch Terrence Malick movies. <laughs> Back to Malick. Back to Malick. Uh, so with Thor's relapse, Sindri's outburst, Atreus stays in the funeral. I think even though for me, to me, this was like an extended buildup throughout the game, and there were a couple of moments of catharsis where you can see Kratos changing in like how he wants to deal with his emotions and how he wants to act towards Atreus. And this was a culmination of it. It's the final conversation that they have when Atreus comes to him and says, Hey, uh, I want to go mm. on adventures with my new friend. Um but I got to do it, you know, without you. And Kratos, like, you know, he sits there with it for a moment, but you know what he's going to say because this is who he is now, where he says, yeah, I want you to go do that. I, I want you to go have your own, you know, adventures and things like that. So to me, it was like a very powerful moment, but it wasn't like, it was more like a building, building throughout the game. And it definitely hit me, but I feel like some of these other ones were more like hard hit impact, whereas this one was like a slow build. Mm. Which, not to say it's better or yeah. worse. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt it felt nice when it happened. Yeah, I loved it, um, but I I don't think it's what was it? What was it? Loki go? No. Yeah, Loki goes. Loki goes. Atreus stays, and he's hit touching his chest with his fist. Go Kratos. I mean, I mean, listen. This was the transformation of Kratos. This is who he decided he wanted to be. We are who we choose to be. We are who we choose to be, Dan. The Iron Giant. Couldn't oh, have said it better. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry, actually. <laughs> Change the subject, please. <laughs> uh, speaking of crying, funeral. How do you think about that? <laughs> no. Um, Great moment. We have three moments here with God of War. We have Thor's relapse, Sindri's outburst, and funeral. So... The thing that's hard for me is I think Sindri's outburst needs to stay. Sindri's outburst was such a jarring yeah. moment. And I feel like the funeral the funeral sort of has a bit of that 
It has a little bit of that. But and the it, thing about the funeral is it runs a gamut of things going on, right? So everyone's saying goodbye. Everyone's talking about how much they love Brock. And then Sindri walks up, spends a moment with him by himself. He's shedding a couple tears. And then he gets up and then you see that he's still angry and he has some words and then he blinks out mm-hmm. and goes and does his own thing. So there's the thing about the funeral is there's a little more to it. You know what I mean? Uh, but the, to me, the Sindri's outburst is like a real, like you said, gut punch. It's a gut punch. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Here's someone that like you grow to care about and love. And he has such a close relationship with Atreus. He's the one helping him like go do his own thing and... And to see the thing that's so good about it, right, is you see Atreus being like a teenager. Like, he doesn't get it. He's like, I could fix this. You know, I I just want to talk to him. He'll understand. He'll feel better. He knows I didn't do anything intentionally. We didn't do anything, you know. And he, he keeps, like, trying to say something to Sindri. Like just we're apologizing, you know that that whole thing. Yeah, it's like very immature, and he does it so well. And then you have Sindri just so stern and angry, and saying like, "All you do, you take, you take, you take. All I do is give. I give you this place to live, to stay. I let you into my home, and this happened. Like, and he he just needs to deal with his anger yeah. and his grief, and what we learn as human beings as we get older uh, hopefully is that it's not always a i need to fix this right now right <laughs> you know and it's when and that's what he was trying to do space to breathe and it was so well yeah done. that was a great moment so well done that's definitely got to stay i mean i, I think i'd be surprised stay. if that's not yeah uh, i mean there's a lot of great moments though but there that, are a lot of great moments but i think it's it's pretty high on the list that is a moment let's take out the funeral because i do think it 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 accomplishes some of that stuff. It does end with that Hozier song, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's like the true credits or whatever. It, it was a good moment, but I do think that's stronger. And then Thor's relapse, I like a lot. I think that could hang for now. I like especially about it. I like Thrude's relationship to it. Right. I like how she is. You know what it is, too? And I'll be honest with you. The thing that got me is Odin making the little comments throughout mm. and him saying, man, you're, you're so much more fun when you're drunk. Yeah. Or, I, your I liked you better that, when you yeah. were drinking or something like that. And he makes like a couple of comments and he's always demeaning him, demeaning him. And it just was too much for him. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of stuff. And that's why this moment hits even harder because of those little things interspliced where, He's just a sack of shit, you know, leaning against the the bar on the outside, and she's just so angry with him, right? You know, Throod is like, "What? What's wrong? Yeah. Like, we're here, we love you. Like, why can't you that be enough for you?" Like, it was very good. You know, it's nothing we haven't seen before in other media, but I do think in video games, seeing a familial relationship nuanced like this, and well done like this I, I think it's pretty important well especially since i mean these are all gods these are all norse yeah. gods that have been 
like around for thousands of years, but it does. It, it, it puts you in that place where it does bring it to a level that you can understand or, or relate to yeah. in some sort of way. So I think that one stays for now as well. Great moment. We do have uh, five for Pentiment also. Maybe that wow, should be our next one. Wow, Pentiment. Would All you right. believe it? Uh, so the one for me right off the bat is Execution. The one to take off or the one that you... The one to take off. Okay. Just because... This is the first execution. The first execution. So you had pointed a finger towards somebody Mm -hmm. and now they're getting executed publicly and you have to... Watch it. Be privy to it. Um, They do it in such a gruesome way and it's very visceral and the person, in my experience, I think we both did the same person prior for rank. He is like pleading... You know, like he's like, don't do this. You know, it wasn't me. And they slice him and it's only partially off and they slice oh, him again. And then the head's rolling. And it, it, they make you feel that you were partially responsible for this, you know. And, and I don't know. It's super well done. But to me, any of the other ones for Pentiment. I would take over this. I agree. It's just a definitely the reason why it's on here, and it, I think it was the first jarring moment in the game yeah. where it was just like, "Oh man, medieval times are scary." Like I really <laughs> like, yeah. Like it just show you know, it shows how ignorance and and just humanity, just the gruesomeness, yeah, of it. Um, I agree. Yeah, I didn't like it. I, I, it was like it was the minute that point happened that the rest of the game was just like oh yeah, there's more I, of this i get the there's, stakes yeah yeah there's stuff yeah. going on here yeah especially um, because you're right it didn't it didn't just clean off cut yeah. it just like yeah. took four slashes a C- couple of slices that's a realism yeah <laughs> um and then it's, it gets hard for me to cut another one from pentamon i don't know if one stands um, out to you that you want to mention here for me so for me the the big one i think I think the end of Act Two, the start of Act Three. I mean, I think that whole, yeah, the whole, the whole town going in a riot, uproar, um, the death of Otto. Then, and you think you have the thing that happens that's a killer with that, and we can't really include like the act of the death of Otto because that's like it's hours own. before yeah. this, but the act of why they're rioting and things like that, right? So you have the. You're now trying to find out who did it because you don't think it was the abbot. You're like, I'm going to find the person that did it so that this mob doesn't go and, and you know, do something to the to these, you know, innocent people. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not be the best people in the world, but they didn't do this. Right. That's the whole idea, right? So you do find somebody, whether it's right or wrong. And you're like, okay, well, maybe this will work out. And then tensions build. Someone gets shot. The windmill's on fire. And then it's time for I'm I'm so angry that my friend, my innocent friend, was just killed that I don't care if you did it or not. I, I need revenge, you know, because these people have been suffering under the taxes. And this was like a breaking point. You know, it didn't matter at that point if you found the right person or not. It was it was too late. So you had Peter throw the torch in, start burning the books. Andreas runs in to help save some of the books. And then 
last thing we see is a slow pan out of the brutal scene of the the duke's men i think he's a duke somebody the lord's men um duke lord tomato tomato fighting and killing some of the peasants and um and you see andreas up in the top uh seemingly dead and then boom cut it's it like fades up and down a tree and you come down and you realize that you're controlling magdalene who was your friend klaus's daughter who was what two mm-hmm. at the time now is like what, 18 years later yeah right? yeah exactly just such a cool moment definitely a cool moment strong moment yeah i think that one's up there for me that's a good one the other one that would be up there for me oh god they're all so good I think the tabernacle is the big resolution where you finally find out who the thread puller is. The murders? Yeah. I think that's very good. And I think symbolically it's very good. And I think getting the explanation is very good thematically for the game. We can get into that. I think that one should stay. The one that I'll nominate to cut here is finding the body. Okay. Because this, you know, we said that the execution is the first big violent scene but this really is the first thing where it's like oh you know there's a dead body here and people don't know what to do they're scared and the abbot immediately says well we found you you know whatever the phrase is it's like in flagro <laughs> you know uh, whatever um you're there with the weapon in your hand covered in blood and it's this poor old man who clearly didn't do it and the cool thing is when you have that conversation right then and there and you're saying, please, like, Brother Piero didn't do this. He's He can barely, he has a palsy in his hand. He can barely hold a knife. Um, you know this. And you realize that he doesn't care, the abbot. Mm. He's just fearful that if they don't have somebody here when the Duke gets here and they don't have somebody to point a finger at, that they're all going down. <laughs> and and that's when you... You know who I love in that moment is Mother Cecilia. Mm. Because she is like... Speaking truth in the best way she can. Where she's like, Andreas, we'll talk about this outside. Doesn't matter if you think he did it or not. Right now we're going to hold him. Because we don't have a better suspect. You know, it's very interesting to see how they all think in that moment. Um, but I just think the other ones are, are stronger in this. I agree with that. What about, um, dreaming of August, your son? Yeah. So there's actually two moments. Um, the first one is the first time, which really hit me. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in this like mind palace that you've made to keep yourself, you know, emotionally safe is like how it works basically. So sometimes when Andreas goes to bed, it's actually every night, but sometimes we're privy to it, where he visits this palace and visits the, you know, the devil and the angel on his shoulder and yada yada. But he comes across Sabine, his wife, back home, and as you you talk to Sabine, you see that the relationship's not good, and she's saying, "Why won't you come home? You know, we miss you." And you start to realize, like, oh, something it's interesting here. And then you come across August and it's just heartbreaking Mm. because he's like a four-year-old kid who clearly passed away. And he's like, and Andreas just saying like, 
I know you won't like, he's just like, I know you won't speak like you never do, <laughs> you know, like don't say anything. Just know I love you. Like it's brutal, yeah. brutal. So there's that moment with him, which is probably the one that I would choose because mm -hmm. it's the first one and it hits you. But the second one is when you see him later, like at the very end of the game and you're in the mind palace again and you come across August again and he does speak and and they exchange I love you I love yous and he's like oh it's brutal but so game is pretty brutal when i think about it yeah oh it's it's very good <laughs> <laughs> um brutal in the best way yeah so the thing i'm torn about and i'd like your opinion on Dan is between the tabernacle and dreaming of august right so the tabernacle is this big resolution a lot of realizations do you think it's a stronger moment than the moment with the sun, you know, in the dream? Because those would be the two that I would discuss. I think we do keep end of act two, start of act three. Um, but what do you think about it? I feel like dreaming of August, like for my emotional side, I, I enjoy, I, I, I appreciate and I, not that I enjoy it more, but there's just, I take more from it on its own, like in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. But having said that, I think, I think finding out who the actual murderer is mm -hmm. puts such a nice, and the way that they do it puts such a nice bow on the through line. And it just and finding speaks, out the reasons. Yeah, and it just it speaks to the narrative and what it's trying to yeah. get up cross yeah. i think it's more important to this game i think it's stronger so i think yeah. i'm gonna go i agree with, with you. keeping that one as I much as dreaming of august has you know everything i i enjoy about sad things written all over it <laughs> all right we narrowed down some of the games uh that we had multiple from but we still have quite a few moments here and we need to get cracking um I'm going to talk about Cathan's vessel in Marvel's Midnight Suns. Okay. It's actually kind of beneficial that Shelby's not here because I know he picked this game up. He's playing um, it? I, th I don't know if he started it yet, but he picked it up on a sale. He told us uh, last time we were recording. Um, so Marvel's Midnight Suns, I always talked about the game full of like fun, weird moments with your superhero friends. It's, it's, it's like a joy to play and be around these guys. The, to the whole time, it's you guys against Lilith. She's the mother of demons. She's also your mother. Dang. Right? Not a surprise. They know right away. Near the end, when you're getting to the point of, all right, time to take down Lilith, you realize that they're using this, you know, elder god, Cathan, as, like, to draw power from. And that's how the whole game, Lilith is taking over the minds of some superheroes that we know. Starts out with um, Wanda is like the first one that gets okay. taken over. Uh, what's her name? The Scarlet Witch. Um, then you have, uh, I forget who the next one is, but then the big one at near the end is the Hulk. Okay. So you actually get the Hulk on your team near, like way at the end of the game, like 40 hours into the freaking game. Um, and so what happens is at the end, you had this like collar, the Paragon's collar or whatever, and it was made by your like adoptive parents, um, which are Agatha Harkness and 
Sarah, the caretaker, who's like runs. She, she, you're in her house, and she's like the mom of the all the heroes that are there. They made this collar, and it's supposed to prevent Lilith from taking over your mind because it would be the most powerful weapon if she could control you, and they wouldn't have a chance, right? So the collar breaks, and Kathan starts speaking through you. Oh, that's cool. At the, this is the last fight of the game. All of a sudden, boom. And the plan the whole time was to get you there for Kathan to use you as his vessel. And you have this big boss fight against your main character that you just oh, built. Oh, whoa. That's really crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. Whoa. So you're using all the other heroes. That's cool. To try to take down this main, your main Wh- which character. Which is you. Yeah. Whoa. Really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. And it's cool. You see like a shadowy, you know, figure of Kathan, like huge in the background. It's very cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And mechanically, the fight is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I really, really like this. I'm glad I had it on this moment. There's no way it's top three, even though it's very, very cool. That's very cool. I think there are so many like strong um, narrative games that it's going to be it's going to be tough to crack for a lot of these games. We have three immortality. I know I'm the immortality guy. And I just want to make it clear. I really <laughs> liked immortality. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? <laughs> um, Absolutely. So for me, immortality. It, it might be. A t- I think it's top 10 for me. Well, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where it lands on our list. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, I think for me, I'm okay cutting the two story-based ones for the first rewind because to me that was just such an incredible moment and i love i'll I'll talk quickly so many faces in immortality it's a scene dan didn't even get this scene it's not a scene you can stumble across easily but it's the one staring in the mirror crying and it's like black and white and she's just like looking in the mirror there's like a farmhouse in the background and you just see her crying and she just says like so many faces, you know, I don't even remember them all. And her fit, it starts flashing into like jump cuts of other people in the same position as her. And it's showing like all the different people she's taken over throughout the years. And she's like reflecting on it. It's really cool. Really, really cool moment. And then the end, the final scene where you see this scene of her burning and it's this really weird scene. You're like, Oh my God, this is freaky. And then it cuts back and you start moving around the clips and it's, she starts taking over as like one big main mm. screen instead of just these small screen clips. And she gives this like monologue saying that like now I can live on through you, you know, like it's just, it's just, it's very, the the plot of the game to me is not as powerful and important as the themes of the game the moments of the game mm-hmm. and that's why i don't mind taking these two out because in a vacuum they're fine like as a whole i love the characters and i really like these moments but for me the first rewind that's a contender because Everyone has a different one where they discover it. But for me, I 
it literally was there's a scene it's the last scene in minsky where she's facing the you know marissa's facing the camera she's like has her back to the camera and she like turns and makes or, or it's vice versa she might be looking at the camera and then she turns her back it's one of the two and what happened with me was i'm like yeah you know i'm always looking for new things to click on at mm-hmm. that time i'm like oh i gotta find i'm gonna look for a coaster i'm gonna look for a cigarette i'm gonna look for this and there was a guy in like the far back right corner like in the background of the shot that was like carrying a suitcase i was like oh i wonder if i click on that guy if he's been in other stuff and i'm like hovering over and my guy's too far away let me back up and see if i can get him closer to the camera and i hear that noise for the first time because in the beginning you're just going scene 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 mm-hmm. scene why would you even rewind it there's so many things to click on that you don't need to rewind it then i'm like oh let me get him closer or rewind it. i hear the noise and if you recall what that rewind looks like it's the one standing cuz cuz the shot of of Marissa in Minsky is her standing between two masks in like a museum like oh, an art museum yeah 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 okay yeah so yeah so she is standing there and i rewind it and it's it's the one with like the, the two Actors, one of them does have like a, a, a they, spear in his. Yes, 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 throats are slit. Yes, both yes, of yes, their throats. Okay, are yes, slit. I know this moment. And I literally like jumped out of my skin. Like I freaked out. Yeah. I was like so. I had no idea any of this was in the game, and for that to be my first one, I was like, whoa, like whoa. totally. It totally recontextualized what the game was. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's a horror thing. All of a sudden, I'm on the edge of my seat every time I'm rewinding. Like that set the tone for the game for me, and it made for such an amazing experience. And I'm that's that one in particular, and it's so funny because it is probably one of the more disturbing ones. And it was my first one. It was just so incredible. I agree. So incredible. For my moment to be different, my first rewind to be a completely different thing, and to still have that same like, wait, what the? Mm-hmm. Wait, mine was at the. Um... Mine was at the bar when she starts like bleeding. Yeah, which is another disturbing one. Another disturbing one, but same thing. Like, I don't know why I rewound. I forget if I, I don't know, but I saw like a little shadow. Like I saw like the little, like the wispy, like, Mm -hmm. like, that's weird. And then like you rewind and then you click and you're like, wait, what? These are two different people. How did this happen? And it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And that for me is why I think this game's like, what I love about this game and what I think is great about this game. It's it's that sort of, that sort of thing. And that's why for me, this moment for everybody, however it happens, is such a powerful moment mm-hmm. because now the game changes. You're not just clicking on stuff. You're re- you're going back to every scene you already saw. And right. You redo and it. Look, yeah. Let me look at this. Let me look at this. Ah, it's so good. What a game. So I agree. I think it stays. I agree with that. Uh, another one we have three from is Norco. Um, meeting the ditch man as Catherine, the puppet show, and arriving to the spaceship throne room. So for me, I think meeting the ditch man as Catherine's the weak one out of mm-hmm. the three. I think it's still great, but there's something to the moment where she is like approaching this guy. He, the, the reason they call him the ditch man, he's literally like in a ditch. She's approaching him, and every time you talk to somebody in the game. It's like a static image, and then there's a panel with the text and the the character's face. 
and then when you meet him, he like starts moving towards the camera. He's scary. He's <laughs> so freaky. It was just such a cool, like yeah. weird moment. But I, I don't think it's gonna be. And in, in the same respect, I forget the guy's name. Uh, he's on like life support, and it's like his. Yeah. Like it's a completely pitch black room. And you pull the the light, and light. there he is. And yeah. It's like, oh my god! Oh, like <laughs> man, yeah, stuff like that. So and he wasn't cool. a bad guy, but he no. just like it was just yeah. the game is freaky deaky. I know it's good. Um, I think the puppet show is so unique. Mm-hmm. I really love it. That's what the crocodile, right? Yeah. It's so cool. And the way it transforms and change it's the first time it really changes your perspective mm-hmm. and changes the gameplay. It really shows you like, oh, this is Kentucky Route Zero. Um, like I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, the getting to the throne room, it really kind of like crystallizes what the game is about. You know, like you walk in to this spaceship throne room and Ditchman Peepaw is like He's got. He's all like dressed up and glittery. He has your mom's corpse strapped to a chair. He has your brother, who you haven't seen all game, and you've been trying to find, tied up. And then there's a throne waiting for you. Like it was just so disturbing to me. Like I walked in and like got the chills. Like it freaked me out. Now this is definitely serious spoilers. I know you have two options. I forget. There's one. a few options. All of them in the same. I'm assuming. So one of them you can. Go back to where LeBlanc died and jump into the water. Okay. You can do that. And then you have a separate, you know, it's kind of a nice ending. Okay. There's one where you listen to him and ride the spaceship up and it explodes, obviously, because they don't know how to fly a spaceship and you're all dead, Um, which is pretty cool. The, The text there is like pretty surreal and interesting. And then I think there's one... Because I think you can do something to fix, like, like you you talk to a guy that, like, actually knows how to fly a spaceship that's outside of the area. You know, there's that area, like, staging area with everything. I think you can, like, talk to somebody and, like, have him fix it so it doesn't explode or something. There's some other ending that I don't recall. Okay. But I think you can make it so that... It, it's like the ending of the game is like you flying into space and it's like seeing the horizon or something like that. With Ditchman. Yeah. And your mom's dead body. But I think you know that you're going to die. You know, like it's just, yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, that's the moment. Yeah, I agree. Even that moment, I don't think it's going to be top three. We don't need to cut it now if you want to keep it for now. But for me, there's so many other really strong things on here. I agree. You want to do both or you want to just do Puppet Show? Um... I think we can do both. I think we can do both, Dan. I don't know if it's the, either of them are going to stay. Oh, it's a good That's game. That's tough, though. That's a good game. I'm glad we talked about it, though. Yeah. Um, Want to do uh, Monkey Island? Want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, You want to talk a little bit? I feel like I've been monopolizing. Yeah, no worries. So when we talk about the kids playing, is that the beginning of the, the game? Yes, the very so opening. So you have Guybrush Threepwood. So what's cool about it is you have Guybrush Threepwoods. Both of them are his kids, correct? And only only one. Oh, only one of them. And yeah, so when I started, when you first start playing the game, you think the game's going to be in the eye because the little kid, Guybrush's kid, looks just like him. And for a second, I thought it was the story of like him prior to so, all the. I'm sorry, I just told you to talk, and now I'm jumping on top. Please of you. jump but, on. But the idea, the thing that's interesting, is this is the ending of 
Monkey Island 2. Oh. The ending cutscene is you in this same area with the kids and everything. Oh, I didn't know that. That was supposed that to be like a crazy that was supposed oh. to be like a crazy <laughs> twist to the ending of The Secret of Monkey Island 2. LeChuck's Revenge was hey, here are these kids. One of them looks like LeChuck and one of them looks like Guybrush and they're playing. That's like this crazy ending that like... Oh, that they became, the kids became friends. It, it was just like a weird like, was this all in their heads as the kids? Was this not even a real story? Mm. Like why they had this theme park that's based off of Monkey Island. It's very strange. That's like how the game ended. So to open on that it was so crazy. I think even the dialogue was exactly the same. If really? I'm remembering, it's been quite a few years. Uh, 1991, right? Or like 1990. Yeah, 94 maybe. Um, I really was blown away by that opening because it immediately like gave me a flashback. And that was really cool. But then the actual scene of like, hey, here's the kids you know, walking around, hanging around, and then they come and talk to you, Guybrush. You think you're going to be playing as these kids. Um, and then it goes into one of Guybrush's stories, and that's how the game starts. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool. I like that, Dan. And then want to talk about the ending, Dan. Yeah, so the whole thing. So this is where I know it's pretty divisive. I've talked to people that... So I... I've played the first Monkey Island. I forget where, but I didn't play it back in the day. And... I've talked to friends of mine that like grew up with, with Monkey Island and all of them seem to really not like the ending. I really, really enjoyed the ending, but here's I the, love the ending. But here's the thing. I don't have the same stake that I think a lot of other people have to the Monkey Island games. I mean people that played it back when it came out have waited thirty years I played it back for then. this back in the day. Yeah. So there you go. Me, so you me and my pops. All right. Well so then you're a good person to talk to about this because <laughs> you go through the entire game. And towards the end, you keep getting like these little subtle hints like, listen, what you're looking for might not be like really what's so great. Like, you know, it's the journey, all the platitudes, mm -hmm. right? It's the journey, not the destination. It's the friends you made along the way, like all these things. And they're very self-referential about it, too. They'll just like completely say like, well, are you going to tell me it's the friends you made along the way? Yeah. It's like, well, yes. <laughs> um, so finally, you find out that the secret of Monkey Island was just like a T-shirt. And you were just at this amusement park the entire time. And that all of this was just one big, like, Disneyland park. Yeah. And it's... So, it, 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 it's, it's so awesome, in my opinion, because really they're getting very, like, meta with it, you know? Like, the developers. Like, they are saying to you... Do you really want there to be a secret? Like, do you really want that? Are you going to be satisfied with the secret? And the answer is no. And that's why they did this. Well, that's what makes sense to me, where it's sort of like the whole t-shirt gimmick. Yeah, it's a it's joke. Just, it, but it's a joke. It's a, but it's also like you've waited 30 years. Yeah. Could anything ever live up to your expectations? That's exactly what they are saying. And I appreciate that. And I think that's beautiful. I love that. A lot of people did that. I know. <laughs> but I appreciate it. But what did they want? Maybe that, but that's, I guess that's the thing. I think some people just didn't listen to what the game was trying to tell them because the entire game constantly, like, Guybrush, like, yeah. do you really, like, does it matter? Does it really matter? And people are always telling him, like, why are you even doing this? Yeah. 
Like you, you, you have a good life. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to do this. Yeah. He's like, what do, I, what do you mean? I got to find out. What's the secret? I've been waiting. And then at the end, it's all just one. Like that. That was that was a big moment for like. Oh wait, this is this is what got me was, you know, you go around, you see there's a, like a LeChuck statue, and he yeah. touches it, and there's like a little door, he touches it, and then like his wife, I forget his wife's name. Me too. But she's just standing there, and she's like, "All right, honey, you ready to go?" Like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And like she shuts the lights off. And like that's that, isn't that was beautiful? so beautiful. I love that. It man. was really, really good. And again, love I don't that. have the stakes to be like I do. But having said that, it touched me to a point that like I was like I was a little flaclemped after at the a end of it. Flaclemped. I was like, this was a beautiful, beautiful ending. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I think it was fantastic. I think if they had oh, here it was all along. Here's the thing. It would have felt so cheap. You know what I mean? Like, this was the way to do it, and I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love that. To me, I think that's a contender here. I would keep that. Um, yeah, I think we can cut the kids playing in the beginning. But, but I don't want to take, cut that just because I didn't understand it. Like, I mean, I thought it was no, cool, but I didn't no. I didn't understand the... Uh, I don't think it can compares with the ending. The gravitas. In my opinion. Um, all right. Where are we at? You want to talk? Uh, we have two for Plague Tale. Do you think one is stronger than the other here? So, yeah. finding Basilius is the whole time. Uh, Hugo, your little brother, he's the one with the macula. He's dreaming of this island with this pool of sacred water that's going to cure the macula. Here's this red bird that's leading him there. And you find the island after a series of horrible events, which mm-hmm. is like how this whole story works is it's just bad thing after bad thing. Series of horrible events. You find the island. You're there. Time to, you know, find the cure for this macula. And you start to realize that there's like a cult there. And they seem very, like, they're not like aggressive or anything. They're they, a nice cult. They, <laughs> they basically worship what they call the child of ash and you're starting to realize that they're talking about a child that had the macula like hugo does Mm -hmm. and so you go down you're digging into the history you're finding out a lot of interesting things about this you know prima macula the kid that had it the first ever and you're going down, down. You're trying to find him. And Hugo's getting more and more scared. He's like, I don't want to do this. Can we turn around? And Amicia's like, we've come all this way. Why don't you want to see Basilius, which is this child of Ash? And you find, like, that there's a protector that she that he had, someone like Amicia. It's like a cool, really cool story. You get down to the bottom, and you see the dead charred corpse of this kid that had it, that he was the start of it all. And he's in place, chained up, arms chained, and you see the outline of his body. Mm. And it's brutal. And the realization there is the only reason this rat plague ever happened was because they were scared of him and they put him in this tower to try to protect everybody else from him. And they isolated him and he couldn't take it and he was too scared. And then boom, that's what happened. 
And it's just so good because that's like the whole thing about this game and even the first game is like, hey, when the lead up to this game, they spent six months with no issues, no rats, nothing. And it's because they were happy, they were safe, Mm -hmm. they were comfortable. And Amicia is starting to realize that's what he needs. He doesn't need the order, you know, this ancient order that, you know, always watches over the children that have the macula. Because what they're going to do is put them in a tower somewhere so that nobody else gets hurt. And then he's going to cause a new crazy thing to happen. So I really, really appreciated this moment. I thought it was really cool. Um, and then I'd, I'd want your opinion on the, the second one is King Hugo. So it obviously doesn't go very well. And the end of the game, similar thing happens to him. Just like with the kid, Basilius, he thinks Amicia is dead. He's all alone. He feels alone. And then, boom, he le- he becomes this, like, giant onion. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's just such a, I mean, visually, this game is so gorgeous. And then, I mean, would this be part of it where then you have to go and... So you're and walking it, yeah. towards it, right? So you're walking towards him, and you have to get through all these waves of rats and, like, you know, dodge these huge waves it's like a this eerie otherworldly thing it's it's like a fog all around you and as you get close hugo just like he used to be he's talking to you and he's saying like hey misia here's what we have to do come here do you know what to do and and he's like teaching you lessons about what you need to do and you realize as you're walking up to him he's sitting on this like throne with this huge his head is like in in this like growth and it's like a giant tree and he's just sitting there not doing anything and you realize you have to kill him you have to end it so you have to literally pull the trigger and aim at him and do the sling to take out your little brother it's brutal brutal (laughs) moment and it's not the very end of the game there's a there's like a epilogue and then a final post credit scene but this moment, mm. very strong moment. I think I would take this moment over. Yeah. I think for me, the Basilius moment works so well on a storytelling level. Mm-hmm. Whereas the King Hugo moment works on just like a human level of like, like holy moly, look at how brutal this yeah, is. You've, you know, all of this you built to, you played two full games with yeah. them and now you got to take them out. Like it was brutal. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll cut the other one. Let's read what we have, Dan. All right. Because we cut a bunch of stuff. Uh, why don't you start it off? Uh, Kuroki Phase 2 from Sifu. Walking out to see the massive open area in front of you after beating Godric the Golden in Elden Ring. We have the Radon fight from Elden Ring. Getting into or getting to the hidden vault underground in Tunic. Discovering the Holy Cross in Tunic. Reviews the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Time skips into the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. The first rewind in Immortality. Shaving off a serious amount of time, aka a shortcut in Neon White. The end in Return to Monkey Island. Pick up truck tape in the looker. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thor's relapse in God of War Ragnarok. Sindri's outburst in God of War Ragnarok. End of Act 2, start of Act 3 in Pentiment. The Tabernacle in Pentiment. The King in Yellow, Signalis. King Hugo, Plague Tale Requiem. A couple of kings ending us off. King, King, King. Uh, all right. My first thought, there's some stuff we didn't talk about. 
Um, why don't we talk about Stanley Parable? Because we have two for that. Do you play? You played through Ultra Deluxe. I absolutely did, and I absolutely loved it. There's it's so, so many great moments so about good. this game. It's hard to even get it down to two. Um, but which one of these do you think hits harder? So the time skips. So if this is the moment where you're there's like this button that like fast yeah. forwards you like what twenty years or whatever. So the way that it works is it doubles the amount of time or or it's exponential, yeah. right? So you hit a button. The the basically it comes right after the reviews actually, because it it, it basically is the narrator saying. Well, if you are so annoyed by how much I talk, <laughs> here's a button that you can press, and it'll skip ahead a few seconds. And you press it, and it's like, see, look at that. You didn't hear what I said for the last 10 seconds. Then you press it again, and again, and again, and again, and he starts getting concerned of saying, like, okay, that last skip was pretty long. <laughs> it was a few hours. Let's be careful. Then you press it again, and it's like, Stanley, it's been a day. Right. This is getting out of control and it builds and builds and builds. And there's some crazy moments in the middle where he's losing his mind, the narrator. You hear him just like screaming into nothing, then it's emptiness, no noise, and you hit it again. And then it's him saying, What are the words he says? Oh, I don't remember. I just remember the one jarring moment because it does, it gets existential. It's actually not. Yeah. It, it loses. And yeah. it's. He talks about like what it means. Like, how he can't leave yeah he's saying like you realize i'm here no matter what when you're not here time passes for me you're skipping but i'm stuck here to do nothing uh and then i think it's the end is never the end is never yeah, the and end. It just he keeps going <laughs> and he keeps on and on and on it. and like but oh, there's a moment freaky there is a moment too where that got me was when he like he stops talking there's a moment i forget where yeah. you're just sitting there and it's just like silent because it's like talking skip talking yeah skip talking skip and then talking and then nothing and then there's nothing and then you're like oh oh yeah and that it freaked me out a little bit yeah, and yeah. eventually you can get out of this loop by you skip i don't know a billion years or yeah. whatever it is and then there's like the building breaks the down. building like corrodes there's like vegetation like yeah, climbing yeah. through and you can get out but um i forget what he says exactly i i should have rewatched the playthrough or something before because yeah. it's really really good it's really good um but yeah i love how it starts very like funny yeah. It's like, oh, you think I'm annoying, you know? And then ultimately it gets very, yeah. very existential but and he, scary. The cool thing is at the beginning of this, like when we're saying the existential and him repeating the end is never the end, th there's a part in there where he's just like upset. Like he's just like sad. It's like, Stanley, please yeah, don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Like this is torture for me. Like that whole thing. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, it is very good. And the thing is this game, especially the original when it came out, it was full of moments like this. Mm -hmm. So for them to be able to recapture and do new things that hit you in the same way that those original moments hit oh, yeah. you in that original game, I think it's really cool. Exactly. Uh, and then the reviews, it's actually pretty soon before this. It's the thing that they do is there's a there's a part where you have like a you're going through like the shack of like appreciation. And it's like here's all the trophies that the, the original Stanley Parable won. And then it goes, here's a review, uh, you know, 9 out of 10 review from Polygon.com or whatever. And they're showing it. Oh, and here's GameSpot's review, 8.75, whatever. And they go through, and that was really neat. And then you start to realize that, like, it, it gets to the point of bad reviews, and then it gets to Steam reviews, and it 
it's pulling real things like, like it's real showing, like random people's it's reviews showing the text <laughs> of the reviews in the in the you know yeah john from missouri uh, thought <laughs> yeah. that we sucked but, like, yeah. <laughs> but the thing that you're realizing and the thing that makes this game so special is it's about how do you make a sequel to anything mm-hmm. and then how do you make a sequel to a game that's centered on surprising you you know like how do you do that and that's the question the game is asking and it uses these reviews as like a joke but really it's like being very contemplative and thoughtful about like this wasn't easy for us you know this that original game came out seven or eight years ago. You know, like this, this was a, a thing that I wanted to figure out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's really cool. It's very good. Like it's very good in conversation with the audience, you know, which is obviously what it's best at. And I don't know if I would have, to, what I would pick. Maybe I'd maybe pick that one over yeah. the, the time skip. I think so too. I just um, think if it's we had so, to, if we had to pick one. It's so smart and it really, it really encapsulates exactly what the game's trying to talk about. Mm. So maybe that's what we'll do. We'll take off time skips. Thanks for the water, by the way, Dan. I didn't thank you for that. Oh, you got it, buddy. Um, all right, let's take off time skips. And then... You want to do it? Yeah, yeah, you can do it. So there's some games that we just had one for that we didn't talk about. I'm going to talk about the pickup truck tape in the looker. It was just... In a game full of moments that made me... It, it was a range in the looker of jokes. Some of them just made me go, <laughs> or like smirk. And this one made me laugh out loud. It's <laughs> hilarious. It is, it's the first tape I came across, which makes it even better. You walk out, it's, the game is designed exactly like The Witness. It's meant to invoke The Witness. And you don't know the tone of it. So you're like, oh, is this just a witness, another witness? And it's self-serious and, you know, all, all the good and bad that comes with the witness, right? You get to a tape and you have to draw a line, like, start to finish on the tape to get to play. And it starts playing and it's just really, like, meditative, like, I don't even know what they say. Oh, what does he say? He's like, I have lived many lives. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're saying, like, a couple of things and it's like, oh, okay. It is a witness. It is thoughtful. And then, like... Picture a Ford commercial music or Chevy Silverado, and it's just like rock music, and it starts playing in the background, and the voiceover keeps going, and I literally I just started cracking up. It was such a surprise, and and that's what this game does really really well, and that's why I really love that game. Um, but it's not going to be a top three. Another one I think that we can maybe cut. Um, we gave it a lot of love in one of our, one of our other ancillary episodes. Um, shaving off serious amount of time in uh, neon white feels super good. It's awesome. Yeah. That whole game is about speed. It's about finding shortcuts, finding ways to get that perfect score. Yeah, you're right that it's not going to be top three. But the thing I want to emphasize here, it's it's the reason this is a moment here is because it's not just oh let me get this corner a little bit sharper. Let me make this jump a little bit smoother. It's the realization that, wait a second, I can go from 45 seconds to eight seconds <laughs> with this shortcut. It like opens your mind about what this game is. Yeah. That's special to me. Yeah. And I, again, I don't think it's going to be top three, so I do think we can cut it. Uh, but I just want to emphasize that, that that was a really special moment for this year.
I don't think Kuroki's phase two is going to hang on the top three. Great boss fight. It's a great, great boss moment. fight. And the cool thing is, even before the boss, the moment of you're in the museum and you have to walk across this like invisible platform and the scene changes around you, super cool. But then the switch from this snowy, you know, like elegant dancer, like throwing that thing at you to all of a sudden this like animalistic, mm. you know, the scene changes and it's these huge waves around yeah. the arena. It's like Hakusai is like oh, giant wave. And it's like, so good. Very cool. So, but I don't think it's going to be top three. Seafood. What a cool game, man. What a really cool game. Really cool game. Uh, I'm trying to see. Oh, Tunic. We haven't talked about Tunic. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's you, buddy. Oh, I like you. Discovering the Holy Cross. Um, for those of you that don't know Tunic Code, that's discovering that the D-pad. Um, so the whole game is based along, along the lines of you're collecting these pieces of this game booklet, and inside them are these cryptic clues as to what you're supposed to be doing in this game. It starts off as a very Zelda-like, you know, adventure game and it just turns into this huge meta of oh my gosh this entire environment can be changed based on my my d-pad or 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 the holy cross um the first time that you figure out that oh my gosh if i go to this area and put in a certain code using the d-pad and then the environments change kind of like how you mentioned in our immortality where it's like wait i can rewind yeah now i gotta go back to all the places changes the game that changes the game where it's like i gotta go back to all the places that i've already been to and try this because this game's got so much more going on than what i originally thought and that's why i think it's a great moment the thing about it though is you're looking at it in the page and you so for me i was like okay maybe i need to go to that spot because the image is drawn, it's it doesn't you know all the all the images are hand drawn in the in the what is it called, pa- uh, instructor mm-hmm. manual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go to the place, and I'm like standing there, and I'm like, do I have to hit something? And then you realize what to do, and then it's like your brain just opens. And it, it the only other games is two other games that come to mind. It's the Witness and it's Fez. And both of those games do this same thing in a sense. But for me, adding in the instruction manual and how that works, because the whole game is these little moments, even before you discover this. Like deciphering it based on photos and screenshots and little animations like there's very very little English in the instruction booklet mm-hmm. and just realizing like oh okay so it's telling me that if I hold sprint for too long and I'll get a, a sweat drop which means I'm out of stamina because you don't have a stamina meter at that time or oh if I hit this button while I'm in front of the idol this is how I level up my skills it's just so smart and for it to be hiding this on top of already being like that, it's just such a good yeah. moment, man. This one I definitely think stays. Yeah, which means that we're going to take off getting to the Hidden Underground Vault. The thing about that, it's just so eerie. Oh, the scope of it, just there's it's this whole huge. world underneath. And it's all these like skeleton versions of you. Oh, so and scary. And they're like, distorted. So and, scary. Oh, and then when you so walk across good. that tunnel... And you just see like 
all yeah. like there's like millions and millions and millions of these like computer looking boxes. It's so oh, oh man, it is. Yeah. It's talk again. We talk about Elden Ring. It's just like scale. It's like yeah. oh my gosh, there's so much going on. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Uh, one that can go that I'll take off begrudgingly. I do think it's really good. Is the King in Yellow in Signalis? Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> it's such a strong opening to the game. And I still haven't played enough. So I can't, in good conscience, keep it. But that moment, it's just like tone mm. and mood. Mm-hmm. And the way it like cuts, <laughs> like sharp cuts. Mm. To like more and more like freaky things. Oh, it's so good. Freaky deaky. Signalis is so cool. Well, damn, we've talked about all of these. We have. But so we got to pick should three. We, should we revisit the ones that we have multiples and see if we can cut it to one? Okay. Maybe that's a good way to do it. So we got two for Peniment, two for Ragnarok, and two for Elden Ring. Yeah. If you were going to pick between Elden Ring, Radon, or walking out to the massive open area. It's the massive open area. I agree. Yeah. I would say the same thing. Man, I love for that Radon fight. And then for Ragnarok... Sindri? I think it's Sindri. I think it's Sindri too, Dan. Yeah. It's just such a... Like, there was something very, like... Oh, like, like you visceral. got stabbed in the back. Yeah, because um, you know what it is, too? Sindri... Sindri so was... So pure. He was pure. So you pure. loved him. Yeah. First game, he was just great. And then even the second game, he yeah. is just such a true friend to Atreus. And, and something we didn't even say is in that moment, you see he's not OCD cleaning himself. He's like got dirt on his hands. Mm. His mm. sleeves are rolled He's broken. Up. Yeah. yeah. He's broken. He's broken. He's broken. Thor's relapse, great, great moment. Great moment. And then Pentiment. This one's a little bit tougher. <sighs> this one's a little bit tougher. I know you, you would lean towards the end of Act 2, start okay. of Act 3. Sway me. I I think I might too. Is why I'm not gonna oh, sway oh, you. Okay. <laughs> um, I just think, like we said, I think the the way that the tabernacle scene or Mithraim, if you want to go that way, the way that scene plays out, and it the way it just tells the whole story of what the game is trying to say. Yeah, it's pretty. Spe- and it's well done. Pretty special. But I do think there was something like jaw agape you know at at what what you're seeing with the end of act two so now we're down to one for each of these games that are still remaining are there any dan that jump out at you as being on the weaker end that you think we can cut or are there any that you think definitely should stay Um, I because hmm. we're down to it. I mean, these are the best of the best. This might this might be tough, Dan. Let's hear it. Yeah, I, uh, I think we might be able to take off the re- end of Return of to Monkey Island. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think I think tough. just comparing it to the field here, I think it's gonna be gonna be tough for that to make it. I I really really loved it. That's why I made it this far. Interesting one here that I'm going to say. I think the first rewind and discovering the Holy Cross, I think only one of those should stay. They are that same similar feel. Well, 
I know both Tunic and Immortality are your babies. I mean, they are. Is is one more jarring than the other? In your humble opinion, I think if we're really talking about moment, I think the first rewind, like that moment, yeah, yeah, hit me so hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Like I really like skin crawling. Like I was like, I'm fine with that. I was shook. Shooketh. So we're taking off the Holy Cross. This is hard, man. These are some good moments. Um, I don't think reviews is going to stay. I really love Probably it. Probably not. I really love it. I don't it. think Sin- uh I'm sorry. I think Sindri's should stay. Mm. Yeah. Do you think King Hugo is going to stay? I was. That's what I was actually. I was reading Sindri's outburst, but I was planning on looking saying <laughs> King Hugo. Yeah, I don't think so. I know. Really, really good. That game is good, man. Plague Tale Requiem is a really good game. I know. I remember you looked at me once and you're like, Dan, you hated it. And I was like, no, no, no. It was a good game. That was a really good game. Well, the game. problem was, so full disclosure, obviously we're recording this at a later day. It's been a, it's been a while since we recorded the first half of this episode. And I played the, I started and finished that game since then. But when we were going through all the categories, there was like nothing about Plague Tale. Yeah, was, that was a blunder on my part. So that's why I was like, Dan, I don't think you really like this game. <laughs> Um, it's a great game. All right. We only have four left here, Dan. Uh, we have Open World and Elden Ring, The First Rewind, Sindri's Outburst, and End of Act 2. Oh, man. So here's the thing. Tell me. How crazy would it be to cut Elden Ring here? Dan, I was thinking the same thing, though. <laughs> Get up on that mic. Dan, I was thinking the same thing, though. <laughs> I was... Uh... I know. To me... I think the two story ones here are just unimpeachable. Like, they need to be on there. The Sindri's Outburst and mm-hmm. the End of Act 2 of Pentiment. So then it comes down to the other two. And I'm telling you, man, for a, like, the th- here's what I'm going to say. Listen to this. Hear me out on this. Elden Ring moment that we highlighted here, I think happens like three more times in the game where you realize that this, the map keeps getting bigger. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, I literally laughed out loud at a certain point. I, and I know that moment. And I literally was like, are you kidding me? Was that the moment where like, right, the map, it looks like there's like four quarters. Yeah. And then you get a piece like all the way up there and it just like <laughs> zooms it out. And you're like, wait, the map what? gets so zoomed out. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> so for me, I do think that's an amazing moment. I do think there's a reason it stayed on this long. But I do think it happens a couple more times where I could see it going compared to these other three. We're cutting it. All right. Now we just got to pick our one, Dan. Got to pick our one. This might be tough. What's your initial thought, Sindri? There was there was 10 top three moments that we cut. That's true. There was 10 top three moments that we cut. Yeah, it's a great year. Um. My initial gut reaction is Sindri, but I think that's also because I'm, I'm high on all these games, but I'm really high on Ragnarok. <sighs> Can I just blame Shelby and say if Shelby was here, he would say Sindri? So. If Shelby was here, I think Sindri <laughs> would win. And, I, and in that spirit, honestly, because I love that moment too, I, I think we should give it to Ragnarok. All right. Because Shelby did not play Pentiment, and he liked Immortality, but he didn't love it. I think we're going to do it, Dan. All right. Sindri's Outburst. Sindri's Outburst. 
God of War Ragnarok. Good moment. Excellent moment in an excellent game. Um, congratulations. That was the best moment of 2022 in gaming. F- runners up, the first rewind in Immortality, and the end of Act 2, start of Act 3 for Pentiment. I'm glad that Sindri's uh, meltdown is... It's not in vain. It's not in vain. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's the episode, Dan. Dan, thanks for having me, buddy. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you guys out there for listening. Thank you, Shelby, for being here in spirit and getting us to the finish line there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you will see us. We have one more episode to record before our Game of the Year show, and that is our best soundtrack. So... Stay tuned for that. And until next time, peace. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for watching and or listening. Just here to remind you that you can find us by searching for Circle Back Podcasts or Circle Back Gaming on any of these podcast services. Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or Stitcher. My God, I'm out of breath because of all these podcast services. But you can find us anywhere there. Also, you can find us, our video version, on YouTube by searching Circle Back Podcast or Circle Back Gaming uh, and the rest of the videos we do. Thanks, guys.